1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling.
1: Do I have everybody's attention
0: now? To another edition of Voices of Wrestling. I get nothing. I said. I get,
1: I get nothing. I'm just uh, just here for the ride.
0: I said with Rich Crag.
1: Just <laughs> it's an honor for me to be here with you, Joe. Thank you.
0: Oh, Well, the pleasure is all yours. And uh, <laughs> today on the show, well, I'll tell you. Um, you know, it, it only took me five seconds to bury you. How about I bury myself? How about? That? Okay. Good. Um, I think it's safe to say that Triple Mania. <laughs> <laughs> was not better um, than.
1: I old mean, old l- old okay, old Let, we'll we'll do pros and cons. I think here in a little bit, we'll we'll do the pros and cons of both shows and and, and come to a, an absolute conclusion because I don't want to jump to that right away. But yeah, you, you were wrong. I'm
0: I'm not but, even but. sure that's necessary. Um, <laughs> the, the question here, I th- I think the the way to tackle this is, was Triple Mania the worst?
1: Oh this is the Voice Wrestling podcast by the way in case you didn't know. Well, you know,
0: if you if, I don't think you, if but you sorry, had, interrupted if you had, so I interrupted you.
1: No, that's my fault. It's my it, that's why I'm, I'm correcting my my If you had writing. so
0: rudely interrupted me. I apologize. When I was doing the introduction, I would have gotten to that. Um but you know, you you, you
1: you had I like how the day when we have the fewest amount of topics, you get right on the ball. You're like, let's go first topic, boom. Like that's I like it though. It's it's then I don't know where the last hour and a half's going to go. It's going to be fun. That, that's I'm down you with.
0: You're such that's... an egomaniac. maniac. You can't handle that I did the intro. So No, I can't. No. You're totally sandbagging me now. This is un- this is incredible. You know, I'm
1: you... <laughs> not doing anything. You're the host, I'm the guest. We're we're just we're you know, having a good time here sitting on the couch.
0: Listen with Rich Crage, Can we continue here or what?
1: <laughs> it's Bailey. Is it like the it's Bailey? That's exactly family what of it's names? like. Yeah, okay. Right. So I'm with Rich Craig. <laughs> yes. I like it. I, that's...
0: that's gonna be that's a thing now. You realize that, right? Now you're okay, now you're with fine. Rich Krage. Um Triple Mania, as I've yes. as I've tried to talk about about four times now. Um, listen,
1: I don't know why. <laughs> I,
0: I think the question that has to be asked about tri- Triple Mania is: I, Is it fair to call Triple Mania um, the worst? Real wrestling pay per view all the time. I'm not counting Heroes of Wrestling.
1: Okay, because that, that's I, that's when I was doing the argument with people and, and mentioning it. I'm not necessarily an argument, but discussing it of the worst like major pay per views or whatever. You always have the idea. Okay, do we count? Are we counting Heroes of Wrestling? That that's out. Heroes of Wrestling.
0: I would say that's out. I would say among real major league wrestling promotions, WWF, okay. WCW, ECW. Um, I'll throw TNA in there because I think they would probably have some legitimate contenders for this uh, dubious title. Um, You know, AAA, uh, so on and so forth. Anyone who's held a legitimate major league company that's held a a pay-per-view in North America. Now, I don't know if we can fairly answer this because there have probably been some absolutely dreadful TNA pay-per-views that neither one of us have seen.
1: Oh, God, no. Yeah. Now, as I almost might DQ TNA for, just, just because and to be honest, I like I've seen pretty much every WCW. I've seen pretty much every WWE. And I've seen a majority of the ECW ones. I'll, I'll be honest. I've seen a handful of TNA pay-per-views. But so I, I I'm sure there's a lot. We need we need Garrett on here to, to really give us his worst TNA pay-per-views or whatever, because I just I, I don't know if I feel comfortable adding them into the well, mix because I, I just don't. That's
0: kind of what I was going to do. I'm going to throw it yeah. to the listeners. OK, Who you know, if you saw Triple Mania, well, even if you didn't see Triple Mania. I would like to know from the listeners, what are the worst, you know, legitimate wrestling pay per views that you've ever seen? Now, I kind of touched on this on Twitter a little bit um, the night of Triple Mania after I watched the show. And I had people throwing some suggestions at us. Well, a popular one Great American Bash 1991. Are you familiar mm-hmm. with that show? Oh, yes. Yeah. The scaffold match to open the show, uh, the the, the Luger, Wyndham. This was after Flair. Two
1: steel cage matches. Uh... Yeah, if I remember correctly, Luger, yeah, a bunch of then, just a bad. Yeah, and
0: then the, the the quote unquote main event. I mean, I see ah. Hyatt in the cage with Paul Heyman and everything else. So, yeah, awful show. I thought that was better than Triple Mania. I, I, yeah. you know, I remember that show very well. And I'll take that show over Triple Mania. Any day. Here's
1: the first one that comes to my mind always is, is, is a, as a pay-per-view that, that I always think of when people say, what's the worst? Uncensored 1995 might be the worst one in my mind.
0: Refresh my memory on that one.
1: Okay, you don't Wait, remember is, this that, is that the
0: Z Gangsta and and?
1: Jeep no, Swenson? that is that's the next year's Uncensored, which is also an awful show. That's the. That's the yeah, that's the nineteen ninety six is with the Doom of Cage of Doom or whatever The is seventeen, you know Z Gangsta and and the big German guy. Or yeah, Jeep and like, Swenson, uh, yeah, Kevin uh, Sullivan,
0: uh, and like nine other people versus Hogan and Savage.
1: Right, and yeah, that one is really here, – here's here's Uncensored 1995. You might remember some of the matches. I don't know if you remember the entire card, though, but but I'll run this down. This is one that always comes to my mind immediately when people mention worst pay-per-views of all time. This is the famous King of the Road match, obviously, the blacked-out bully Dustin Rhodes, the infamous one where they bladed and both of them got fired. Yeah, so. yeah and it was terrible. Uh, Ming versus Jim Duggan in a martial arts match.
0: I Now that you're mentioning this, I do remember this show. Go ahead.
1: Johnny B. Bad versus arn anderson in a boxer versus wrestler match
0: okay i don't remember that but i'm sure that was awful
1: now mind you there was all these stipulations and like all of them were like this match is like this or whatever and like within seconds like nobody knew what the stipulation was and they just forgot it and didn't do it like in this martial arts match it was supposed to and then duggan just did like body slams and stuff and it was just it and nothing ever like worked uh there's randy savage versus avalanche which isn't like the worst there's that match uh what what
0: what was the stipulation on that match
1: uh, just no, um, nothing. Uh, Randy Savage. I thought, oh, wait, no, 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 no. The, now I remember. Now I, had, Wikipedia did not have it, but I remember. It was a no DQ match. Okay. The, the, and those, Joe, can you, you guess how it ended?
0: Please don't tell me by DQ.
1: <laughs> Randy Savage defeated Avalanche by disqualification. Now
0: yeah, the gimmick of these pay-per-views was that everything had a stipulation, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right, go ahead.
1: Okay. And there was no rules. It was the, uh, you know, the unsanctioned, uncensored, all that sort of stuff. Uh, Big Bubba Rogers versus Sting. This had no, I don't, they never mentioned anything, so. Okay. It just happened, I guess. Uh, Nasty Boys versus Harlem Heat in a uh, tornado tag match. It was a false count anywhere. Uh, this was like the Tupelo. They tried to do the the brawl, like the Tupelo brawl, but they ended up going into the crowd and like fighting in these like clearly set up concession stands that were just like in the middle of nowhere and like nobody could get to them. And it was just it was terrible. It wasn't good. Uh, and then our main event was a leather strap match: Hogan versus uh, Big Van Vader. Do you remember this guy? Yes. Okay, and this is the one that there was a bunch of stuff and people interfered or whatever. And then something happened where Hogan just pinned him, and that's how he won. Yeah, I, that was Even
0: though it's It was <laughs> it was terrible.
1: Um, I don't remember what the hell other happened in it, but yeah, that's that one always rings true to me of like being really really awful. I the Uncensored '96, not really. I know uh, that one. Let me fire up the page. Yeah, okay, that, I remember. There was a Conan Eddie Guerrero match that was really good. It almost went like twenty minutes. Uh, Belfast Bruiser uh, Stephen Regal had like a seventeen minute match, was just pretty solid. Um. That's kind of it from what I'm looking at right now. Oh, no, no. Sting Booker T versus the Road Warriors in a uh, Chicago Street fight. That wasn't bad. So That's not bad. The main event was awful, but the rest of it was okay. Ni- Uncensored 95 is pretty Didn't fun.
0: Uncensored 96, if I'm not mistaken, have a match with uh, Loch Ness?
1: Yes. Yeah, Loch Ness and uh, the Giants, which I'm sure was fantastic. 1996 Giant versus Loch Ness. Yeah, that's... Uh... The
0: problem is, even though it had Loch Ness and even though it had obviously the the embarrassingly bad main event um it sounds like there was stuff on that show
1: there was if you go back and watch it like especially that guerrero conan match and the and the the, you know fit finley versus regal match are really really good so it's hard for me to do That chicago street fights fun too from a harlem heat road warriors style that that's pretty fun or stinger booker t rather but
0: have you seen this match recently i mean this show recently
1: uh not that long No, I mean probably I own a tape of it, so probably. Oh, uh, see you've
0: seen it a few times.
1: Yeah, well, it's one of those things, you know, when you're in high school and you sure, watch the same sure. tapes over and over, or you know, pre-high school, you watch the same, whatever tapes you have, you've probably seen fifteen times. Absolutely, yeah. So I have ninety-five and ninety-six, but ninety-five always rings true in my head as as being one of the worst that I can remember. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of other ones that really. Like some people mentioned like WrestleMania 13, but but that's got like an all time great match in it. So yeah, I, I always have a tough time with that. If, if
0: a show has an all time great match or has a match at a year contender or something, to me, you almost have to disqualify it unless everything else was just, you know, the Viano Trios match uh, level sure. bad, which I don't think you're going to find a show like that. Now, let's look at this Bash 91 in, in excruciating detail. Of course, okay. of course, the opener was the awful Capture the Flag scaffold match, which is infamous, <laughs> with PN News and Bobby Eaton versus uh, Steve Austin. Everybody's and- scared and of heights.
1: Let's, let's find as many people scared of heights and put them on a scaffold, please.
0: Awful. Um, Diamond Stud versus Tom Zenk, which I don't—
1: re- Oh, that can't be bad. That's got to be at least okay, right?
0: Well, I don't recall that being anything, you know, truly awful. Um, Ron Simmons versus Oz—
1: Okay, that's probably not very uh,
0: Richard good, but... Morton versus Robert Gibson. Of course, uh, you know, this is after
1: uh, mm-hmm.
0: Richard Morton turned against yes, the York Damn Foundation. You. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that the, the finish there, of course, was Morton hitting Gibson with, with, with Alexandria York's uh, absolutely – just, just – Her archaic laptop. Do you remember this thing? (laughs) No, at the time
1: it wasn't that bad, was it? No,
0: but I mean, in hindsight, like the thing
1: was. Oh, okay. I I was like, at the time in 1991, that was pretty solid. Like, it's a pretty cool gimmick.
0: (sighs) Yeah. So, and then we had. I
1: don't know why my dog's barking so much today. I apologize.
0: And we have uh, Dustin Rhodes and the Young Pistols against the fabulous Freebirds, which in this case included uh, Jimmy Garvin, Michael Hayes, and Bad Street. This isn't that bad. This was an elimination match. This is what I'm saying. This is nowhere near as bad as what we just saw at Triple Mania.
1: Yeah, we're going to go over Triple Mania in a second. No, this is not anywhere close.
0: Uh, the Yellow Dog defeats Johnny B. Bad by disqualification. Oh, okay. uh, Big Josh uh, took on Black Blood in a lumberjack oh. match.
1: Oh God, that's probably not good.
0: Uh, El Hagante against One Man Gang, and of course, this is the <laughs> this is the match. This is the match where El Hagante came out with all of those uh, uh, small people. Uh, yes.
1: Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I watched this. This is one of the ones that I initially watched on the network, but now I, I, a lot of it's like completely lost on me. Uh, I think I fell asleep during it, too.
0: Nikita so. Koloff and Sting in the Russian Chain match, okay? As you know, I cannot stand any incarnation of the Russian... This was uh touching the four-corner yeah. gimmick, and you know I can't stand that.
1: And Nikita's not very good, either. Um, At least I never so. But And then, the, the,
0: the, you know, the, the last two cage matches, as everybody, you know, probably knows who's listening to this, were bad matches. That was Luger defeating Barry Windham yeah. where uh, Harley Race came down and implored Luger to deliver the pile driver to end the match right. and, and win the vacant title, which Flair vacated. And then uh, the embarrassingly bad uh, Rick Steiner defeating Arn Anderson and Paul Lee dangerously in a handicap cage match. Yeah. I think it went about a minute and a half. Well, Wikipedia says it went two minutes. And uh, <laughs> it was it, it was supposed to involve uh, Missy Hyatt at one point. Cause, you know, Missy Hyatt and Paul Lee had that never ending feud. Yeah. Um, during that time in WCW, which, uh, you know, with them quipping at each other was actually pretty entertaining, but nobody wanted to see them in a cage against each other. Look, I'm not saying that the 1991 Great American Bash was a good show because it wasn't, it was a terrible show but triple mania <laughs> there's no way it was worse than triple mania
1: yeah there has got to be I, i'm looking at some wcw 2000 pay-per-views i'm sure there's something in well, there you know
0: somebody suggested the final wcw pay-per-view which i vehemently disagreed with
1: no that, god no, that show no that's was a good. good show i
0: thought that yeah, show no, was pretty
1: god, good yeah no god no so no none of those 2001 2001 wcw was solid like it it had some stuff like rough patches but those the guys that were still left that weren't like, you know, your Steiners and Nash's and SIDS and those sort of guys. The ones that were left were really good workers. Like a lot of just like young, hungry-ish sort of workers, especially that Greed pay-per-view. No way.
0: Yeah, greed,
1: no chance.
0: greed was a very good pay-per-view. I would even say very good.
1: That, yeah, I enjoyed that one. That
0: had that Jason Jett Kiwi opener, which was excellent. Yeah, Remember that exactly. match? Exactly. Yeah, oh yeah, of course. Then you had um the Filthy Animals against uh, Skipper and and uh, Kid Romeo. Uh,
1: you know, yeah, no, I won't listen to that. No, that that's yeah,
0: that wasn't a bad show at all. I that was a very good show.
1: Um, all right, here, here's one that I found. On, I was looking on a website of, of different like kind of worst pay per views of all time sort of stuff. Just to kind of refresh my memory. Uh, this site said Russell uh, Halloween Havoc 2000. So I'm gonna run this card down real quick. Um, Natural Born Thriller, uh, Thrillers versus the Filthy Animals versus the Boogie Knights. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure that was okay, but well, I'm, I'm, Reno versus AWOL for a hardcore championship. That's probably not oh, very good. Boy, <laughs>
0: Reno versus AWOL.
1: That's, oh, God, there's so many matches on this card. God damn it, Russo. Uh, Misfits in action. Uh, that's Lieutenant Loco and Corporal Cajun, in case you're curious. Uh, versus, uh, defeated the perfect event, which was Stasiak and Palumbo.
0: I'm just listening because okay. I'm. I, I I'm almost. I'm,
1: you, you you don't remember much not, of Halloween Havoc 2000.
0: I'm 99.9 percent certain I've never seen this show. I don't think I've ever had so. either.
1: But uh, uh, Filthy Animals versus Shane Douglas and Tory Wilson. <laughs> That's probably not very good. Uh oh, god, I forgot about this. Buff Bagwell versus David Flair in a First Blood DNA match.
0: I don't even know what that means. How long did that go?
1: Uh, that went five minutes and thirty seven. First
0: Blood so. match went five minutes and thirty seven. Yeah. Seconds.
1: Uh, Mike Sanders versus Ernest Miller. That had to be pretty sweet. Oh, and a kickboxing match. Oh, that had to be awesome. I don't know what people are. Jeez. Uh, Mike Awesome versus Vampiro. There's still seven more matches I think on this card. Wow. Uh, General Rection, uh defeated uh, Lance Storm and Jim Duggan in a handicap match to win the United States title. Okay. Uh, Jeff Jarrett defeated Sting. This is they brought back fake Stings. Do you remember that? Yes. This is, speaking of, it it, it sort of worked out where, you know, prior years it was Barry Windham that came back as a fake sting. This time it was like Jeff Jarrett had like a bunch of fake stings come out and attack. That was bad. Uh Booker T defeated Scott Steiner uh, by disqualification to retain the heavyweight title. I'm
0: pretty sure Booker T wrestled Scott Steiner on, la- on like the last 13 WCW. Games.
1: Oh, there were so many. Yeah, the, that when you co- from Bash at the Beach 2000 until basically early 2001. Yeah, they, they fought each other every and single Booker time. T, and Booker T, let me tell
0: you, Booker T was one of the guys who busted his ass till the until the final yeah. day at that company.
1: mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Scott Snyder, too, to a point. I mean, he had some little rough patches here and there, but I thought he really became a solid worker at that last little stretch, which is odd knowing him because that's a guy who loafed, you know, for the prior five years and then at this time, you know, kind of decided to put his act together. But either way, it's uh, amazing and this, what a
0: push will do for exactly. Players, yeah, you
1: know? I guess. Uh, and then the main event, of course, oh, wait, that wasn't. the oh, another No, match. no, no, no. The main event was Goldberg defeating chronic in a handicap elimination match.
0: Wait a minute. They had an elimination match where one side only had one person. <laughs>
1: yes and that 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 man was the babyface at that time he turned heel uh, a little bit no no he was heel at this point
0: wait so hold on a second it was a a handicap elimination match and the heel was the guy that was out
1: i don't remember if he was heel because he he turned heel at the great american bash 2000 and then i don't recall if he because then he turned back real quick so i have no idea 2000
0: wcw they could have turned every week
1: yeah, and who knows? Turning, At this point, I, I legit have no idea who the healer of the baby. You got was,
0: people man. turning from Nitro to, to Thunder. And then, I, yeah, you, exactly. You know, so, okay, what this was Halloween Havoc 2000? Yes. This sounds dreadful.
1: This sounds pretty fucking And as bad, soon yeah. as this ends. Oh, that main event was three minutes, by the way.
0: I, as soon as this podcast ends, <laughs> I'm watching this. I'm writing it down. Oh, dear God. Because that sounds like we have a legitimate contender. Now, there's a WCW show that comes to mind where it was like three tournaments on one pay-per-view. Do you happen to recall what show that was? Because I remember that being pretty terrible too. That's
1: on one pay per view. It,
0: it, I mean, it may not have been there were multiple tournaments on one pay-per-view show. It was definitely Russo era. They were filling like two titles on one show. It might have been after a reset. Um
1: uh, Spring Stampede?
0: Possibly. Uh
1: because that one's pretty good. I don't know if that's that one. They were they were crowning a champion on that one. Um, let's see here. I'll go through. I don't think it's Spring Stampede. That one was pretty solid.
0: Well, if any of the listeners pod, I'll look for it, too, after the show, because I remember that. Yeah, they had
1: a U.S. title and a tag team title tournament on that same And You're night. telling
0: me that wasn't that bad?
1: I don't remember it being that bad, but that could have been 2000 me. So what am I... I was also there live, too, so that might be skewing it a little bit, too.
0: Oh, you were there live?
1: And I, I think I enjoyed, like... I loved Russo-era stuff in, like, 2000, because I was like, whoa, 15 matches. Sweet. like Right. like and, and then a little bit later, I was like, oh, that all that stuff was really bad. Yeah, th- this... Yeah, you have a six-way for the vacant cruiserweight title, a WCW tag team title semifinal, a WCW tag team semifinal, a WCW tag team final, a US title quarterfinal, US title quarterfinal, US title quarterfinal, US title quarterfinal, quarterfinal, two semifinals, a finals, a hardcore title match, and a WCW title. That's the show I'm thinking of. And everything was vacant. You're thinking of Spring Stampede 2000. Yeah, I recall it being pretty okay, but that could be me just being an idiot. And when I was, you know, 15 years old or whatever, so
0: Halloween Havoc 2000 is getting watched. And uh, with Triple Mania fresh in my mind, Um, WWE, you have anything even in the realm. Uh,
1: There was a lot like 2003 was a bad year. But I mean, you
0: got to remember, though, with Triple Mania, Okay, not only was the show awful until, you know, bell to bell until arguably the main event. Some people liked, you know, I actually liked the El Patron cage match a little better than the main event, Um, but a lot of people hated that match. Everything else before that was terrible. There's there's mm-hmm. no argument to be made that everything before that wasn't everything before that was awful. And then on top of that, you had the embarrassing technical difficulties for the entire duration of the show. And then on top of that, the show went off the air before the big angle.
1: Yeah, just every like everything you could possibly come up with.
0: So when what? you factor all of those things in, I can't imagine. That there was a WWE pay-per-view at some point that was worse than that. I just can't. They
1: never really – yeah, because they never – and and that's where I think that's – I think that's an important distinction. I was trying to make that as well to a lot of people uh, you know, on Twitter that we were talking about it on our forums or whatever is that when you put everything together – Almost every time a WWE pay-per-view, even if it's bad in some respect, at least from a production side, from a looking good, you, you know, it looks good, it sounds okay, it, it, you know, even in their darkest days, even in 1995, like, save for WrestleMania 11, where they had just mic issues the entire time, WWE have never really ever had issues in terms of, like, production side to make it unwatchable. Like, th- th- what was going on in the ring might have been unwatchable, but I think even at the worst periods of WWE, they at least still had some people that were were you know tangibly good or whatever like in every 1995 pay-per-view you could say oh there's probably a WWE pay-per-view in 1995 that was awful but then you have to remember okay you got Shawn Michaels there you still have Razor Ramon you still have you know Hakushi was there for a while Bret Hart was there for like you had any of those four guys and there's numerous other guys in 1995 WWE as well pretty much anytime that they were going to have a match it was going to be okay so it's hard to really make that same like they they had a pretty solid roster pretty much every year since, you know, like, WWE-wise. Like, since, like, 1989, like, I think that roster's been pretty solid pretty much every year, right? I, would you agree? I agree with that. There's always something there to sink your teeth. Like, even in, like, 2003, which I mentioned was a bad year, and they had a bunch of terrible stuff, and they had, like, Raw-only pay-per-views, you know, that, that was when you had the ridiculous, like, Triple H, you know, Kane feud over, like, you know, raping dead bodies. And, like, that stuff was awful, but still then you had, you know, a Benoit, an RVD, uh, you know, those sort of guys, Jericho, those sort of guys that I feel like no matter what, you can't really have a truly bad pay-per-view if one of those guys is working on there. You know?
0: I completely agree. And actually, I kind of liked 1995 WWE. I mean, I, I'm probably an outlier there, but... No,
1: I, it's actually aged pretty well. I went back on the network and watched a lot of the In Your Houses from 95. It ages pretty well.
0: That that era, right before the ad, like 95 to
1: 97. 96, job, I love. 96 going back and watching, I enjoy a ton. I, like, I love 1996. I
0: like that whole era. I gotta be honest. I It's... There's something about it that's interesting. And and I don't know. I, I you know, I know a lot of people shit on that and I know it was a terrible period for business in a lot of ways, but um, you know, I I, I like that stuff in real time and I like it when I go back and watch it. But yeah, I, I I can't, you know, again, I'll kick it to the listeners. If you've got a WWE show that's even in the same neighborhood as this Triple Mania show, I mean, suggest it. I'll take a look at it. I think it's fair to take a look at some of these WCW shows. And I think, you know, if Garrett listens to this or if there's any other uh, TNA enthusiasts who uh, happen to be listening to this or anyone who made the mistake of ordering an awful TNA pay-per-view and, and it, it, it has stuck in their minds since they blew 40 bucks on it. Uh, and you can think of one that was this bad. I'd love to take a look at that too, because I, I, I don't know if this triple mania pay-per-view was the worst pay-per-view of all time, but I definitely think it's fair to put it in the conversation. And I think it might actually be the worst pay-per-view of all time when you take everything under consideration.
1: Yeah. Uh, how'd you want to talk about it? I mean, we, we've sort of talked about it now we've kind of buried it in terms of, I, I don't think we have to go match by match unless you want let's, to, but...
0: I, listen, let's break down the show match by match.
1: All right, let's and, do it. And,
0: and, and, and let's just do what we do when there's, a I match missed the opener.
1: Going. So you have to, that, the opener's all you, the
0: opener was shit. Um, <laughs> I mean, it was, it was fuck. It was shit. And it, it, you know, it was the, uh, it was the man woman, exotico, uh, mini, you know, um, Atomico's match. Yeah, right. Uh, that they traditionally open a lot of their shows with. And, you know, it had Drago. It had uh, Dynastia. It had uh, uh, Pimpinella, It had uh, – uh, and a few people I wasn't familiar
1: with. Mini Psycho Clown, Goya, Kong, I believe. A sexy stuff so well, give the know two know sides. Okay, you have uh, Dynasty, uh, Drago, Goya Kong, and then Pimpinella, as we mentioned, and then it's Daga, uh, Mamba, Mini Psycho Clown, and Sexy Star.
0: Yeah. So you know you had some some people to work with here, and look, there were some nice dives, and and you know you're always going to get that, in it. but you know the match had no structure whatsoever, and it was just a, a collection of stuff. And um, you know sometimes I'm okay with that, especially in an opener. I think that you can you know, most definitely get away with having a match with no structure and just being a collection of stuff. But there really wasn't anything that compelling here, and so much of it was sloppy. Um, you know, I'd be hard-pressed to go over a star and a half, a star and a quarter, um, and all of that, that entire star and a quarter, would just be for the two or three uh, uh, dives that looked okay. But otherwise, mm-hmm. it was just a fucking slop fest. I mean, th- this match looked like when you go to a mid-level or low-level indie show on the weekend – uh, and pay five dollars, and there's and there's 18 fans there, and there's an opener, uh, you know, a sloppy, you know. Uh multi-man opener whether it's you know uh, six people against each other or, or a wild six-man match or something
1: right they're all trainees With a and bunch just of doing...
0: trainees half a week.
1: they saw they watched a bunch of tapes over the week or over the week and they're gonna try it all these things out and it's just awful yeah and...
0: and some of them are wearing track pants and sneakers and they don't even have gear <laughs> you know the matches i'm talking
1: about. oh yeah oh yeah
0: and that's what this was like it was it was sloppy and it was it was garbage it sucked
1: i will we'll talk about the production issues i think after that I don't think we have to jump in at any point. I, I have some thoughts about that, so we'll talk about that uh, after the after the breakdown of the card. But uh, next match was the uh, Volano, uh, Volano 3, Viano 4, Viano 5, against the uh, Psycho Circus. It was Monster Clown, Murder Clown, and Psycho Clown. This was so goddamn awful. And, and I've heard people say, well, the guys, you know, they're, they're 60, they're 70. I don't care. When you get out there and you get in the ring, and if it's going to be a match, okay, I'm grading it. On a, I, I can't not grade things on it. You know what I mean? Like, People are saying, "Well, you can't, you know, you can't really grade it." Yeah. Well, no, no, they're presenting it as a match, and I'm watching it, so you know what? No, I'm I'm allowed to have a thought on it, and I thought it fucking sucked, and it was one of the worst matches I've ever seen, ever. Um, so bad.
0: I don't look. I can kind of excuse. Look, it was a retirement match, and I'll disagree with you slightly. I do think you can kind of excuse guys when they're really old and they're having a look. But here's the thing. They could have protected these guys.
1: Why was it so right. long? Exactly. And and why? If it's going to be a retirement thing, then have just random guys come out and those dudes can pin them and then they can wave to the crowd. You know what I mean? If you really want to do it that way, do it that way. But no, you don't let them go 20 minutes to just like, oh, Look, God,
0: the, the retirement ceremony was nice. You know,
1: and, that was very good. I enjoyed that. a lot. Know, that was cool. I
0: like that. They all remove their masks and they, you know, you know, it, it, all the symbolism there and and and, you know, the referee retiring as well. You know, Pepi Casas and all that. And it's like that was all nice. If they would have just had. Look, do you think anyone would be trashing this thing, especially to the extent that that people are trashing it? If it went five minutes ah. long and it was just as bad uh, and had all of the. No, no, not at and all. And It just went five minutes and it was quick and dirty and then they did the nice little ceremony. No one would be ripping this match to the extent that they're ripping it now, but it felt like it was an hour long. How long was this thing?
1: Uh, I don't have a match time right here. Wikipedia does not have it. I'll, I'll try to look it up and see. But it. Okay. See. So, uh, my guess is forty-five minutes, but I could be wrong. I, it just is never not I mean, it ends. wasn't
0: forty-five minutes, but it, I mean, it, it felt <laughs> just oh, geez, it just it felt like it never was going to end. I mean, it was just it, and 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 look.
1: Oh, here I think this guys have a.
0: All and right, the and the you
1: know. Thank you, Mr. Zonka, Larry Zonka, for Mania. He he timed the show.
0: So somebody timed it out. All right, yeah, Larry, yep. Larry Zonka.
1: Okay, Good he's got eleven
0: thirteen. So when eleven could
1: minutes, it have been eleven minutes?
0: I you know it's possible. it's it, it, <laughs>
1: it, <laughs> I aged about ten years. Like it felt like
0: it went about a half. Hour. Jeez.
1: Okay. Well, there you go.
0: But uh, you know if if. If that if he timed out 11 minutes, we went. But it should have been half. It should have been a four or five minute match, and it shouldn't have been about the match. It should have been what happened after the match. And now there's talk in the magazines that one of these guys suffered a heart attack. Um, I don't remember which one. I don't know if they're doing some kind of shitty angle or if they're just doing it cover for how awful the match was. But um, I don't know if there's anything below a dud. But if there's anything below a dud in uh, in the match rating system, this would get below a dud. This yeah. no hyperbole. This was one of the worst things I've ever seen in a wrestling ring. And, and and I felt bad for the Psycho Circus guys because what can you do in this situation? Um you've got these 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 three old dudes throwing some of the worst-looking punches you've ever seen and these poor guys have to sell for it. Right. I mean, just, it, it's just it's it's I don't know. I, I on one hand, I kind of feel bad because they're so old and everything else. But on the other hand, it, it's and it's like, it, you know, the company were the ones that put them in this position and everything else. But um, at the same time, um, it, it, it's like you said, you have to call it what it is, and it was just really fucking awful. And and the scary thing is, Villano Four had that pretty great match against Blue Demon Junior a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, on that, uh, I guess that was the Ray D'ereas show, right? They the first uh, eye per view so.
1: this year. Yeah, they did
0: that, and they then they did the the World they did the World, World Cup. Cup. Yeah, they've done the two eye pay per views, and and uh, you know, I've got the tweets to prove it. I'm pretty sure I said that was the best match that night, the Blue Demon Junior versus uh Villano 4, which was a shockingly good brawl, and and you know, it just uh, this was just uh, I I I don't know, man. I I. What am I supposed to say? It was it was yeah. legitimately one of the worst things I've ever seen in a wrestling ring. This was right down there with like the last few times WWE let Mae Young in a ring. It was almost that bad. Um, It wasn't much better than that. And I'm not I'm not trying to be, you know, be shocking or or rile people up. I mean, these guys were, were, were all time. To- I will never forget how bad this match was.
1: Yeah, it was what it was, and that's what I mean. I, I'm not picking on these guys. I I know that they were in this position to have this, and they're you know of you know elderly, legit elderly men that are in this match or whatever. But still, you have to call it what it is. It was legitimately one of the worst matches I've ever seen in my life. That's it. I mean, I, I don't, I don't. We, we obviously we qualified it. We've said that, but yeah, at the end of the day, that's sort of how I have to grade it. Unfortunately, I mean, I don't want to do that. I don't want to. I went in thinking it was going to be kind of fun, and it would be. You know, like I said, if it was a few minutes, like you said, three minutes, four minutes, cool. You know, it's anybody, and they just come out there, and they punch a guy, and then they fall down, and then they've been, you know, in a bunch of circumstance or whatever. But it wasn't. It was way too late. It was just whatever. We'll move on to another match, uh, the one that I did not enjoy at all. I don't know what you thought about this. This is the uh, three-way trio steel cage match for the World Trios Championship. You had uh, Averno, Chessman, and cybernetico uh, defeated Fenix. Uh, and, and Helico and Jack Evans, as we mentioned, and then, uh, uh El, Hijo, El Hijo del Fantasma, I don't know how to pronounce it, Pentagon Jr. and, uh, Tejano Jr.
0: El Hijo del Fantasma. That was not even, that is, was, Hijo. that was not even hard, Rich.
1: That's not bad, yeah.
0: Um, and of course, that's, uh, King Cuerno from, uh, yep. Luchun, But, uh. Um, <sighs> what are you doing? I'm I'm explaining to you who El Helio del Fantasma. Oh, you're you're ruining Santa. Okay,
1: um, uh, but yeah, this was this should have been good. (laughs) Like we watching when we did our preview. Remember, we were saying, "Whoa, I can't wait to." I mean, these guys. I mean, how is this not going to be good? How is this not at least?
0: Full disclosure. I, I don't remember if we said it last week. I had no idea this was going to be in a cage and that's my fault. That's
1: I didn't either. Yeah, I, I didn't know either. Bad job, a, on, I went, oh.
0: bad job as a radio host because I didn't, I didn't realize it was this. Was gonna be
1: I don't recall cage. if the page had it that I looked at before and, and then that, again that could be my fault of me just relying on whatever page or whatever Wikipedia. I don't remember being on a cage either. So I thought, whoa, these guys would be diving all over the place and jumping all over the place. No, it was in a cage. So they didn't do anything
0: extremely limited what they were able to do. And, you know, from what I understand, they always have to have a cage match on these shows. They could have put some Else in a cage, other than this match,
1: this was a bad match to have in the cage. There was just no room for these guys to do anything.
0: I can't imagine a match with so many people that I like so much being this pretty bad. much
1: everybody in this match is good, right? I,
0: I, look, Averno is my favorite luchador, period. Okay, and he was a ghost, then you he didn't do it until anything. the finish. Yeah, um, Helico, Phoenix, Jack Evans, Phantasma, Jack
1: Evans, <laughs> did nothing. What did Jack Pentagon, no-
0: Pentagon Jr.
1: Uh, yeah. Tejano oh, yeah.
0: jr. I like all of those guys. I, you know, I can do without Chessman and Cybernetico. but you're talking about like what, uh, seven out of the nine guys I'm a big fan of. And one of the guys is my favorite guy, period in the company. And I thought this was absolute dog shit. Now I will disagree with you a little bit. I thought Jack Evans took a bunch of nice bumps. He was flopping around. He, I thought he, he looked good here. Um, and, and, and again, like the opener, There were some nice dives here. There were some, you know, creative spots here or there. But so much of this was nine guys meandering around the ring, not knowing who to attack, not knowing what to do. There was no plan Mm -hmm. here.
1: Doing like dual power bombs sometimes, and sometimes dual suplexes, but they had like guys had to move out of the way when the moves were being done. There was just no room. There was just no for all these guys. Like guys, I've I've legitimately never seen a match where there was so little room in the ring that these guys just could not operate. Like they were trying to do suplexes and they couldn't because there was like guys in the way, and there was just oh god. The
0: cage restricted them, and I really feel like they went into this with no plan and they were just winging it. I I really that's what it felt like. I don't know if that's true, but that's what it felt like. And there's no way that a match with this much talent, even with the restrictive nature of the cage, getting in the way of what these guys do well, should have come off that badly. Again, I, I you know, I would almost give this a dud. It, it just, it was shit. It was just pure yeah, shit. I hated it. Um, but, but I can't – I mean too many guys tried hard enough and took great bumps to where I couldn't – I don't think I can go that low, but I, I couldn't go any higher. I mean, I think two stars for this match would be incredibly generous. I I just, it just, it just was awful.
1: This is the point where I think I decided this match was fun bad, that I was going to just start. Because I went into that match, and about halfway through, I was like, this is no good. God damn it. And then I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to enjoy this show. I'm just going to know that it's awful, know that I'm watching a terrible show, and just enjoy it for what it is at this point. Because this is what you had. To, you had The camera was fucking awful in this match. It was like above the cage, so it was so hard. It was like shaking the entire time. Striker is the entire match asking if people can hear him, doing check one, two, check one, two, check, check. And like I said, we'll talk about the production stuff here in a little bit. And this is the point where I just, I, I had to laugh. I just went, you know what? Okay. Th- this is what this is going to be. I'm just going to laugh, and then I'm just going to enjoy it. Like, because I I went in and saying, okay, this match stocks halfway through, and I just said, you know what? No. Let's just let me, I'm just it's gonna be fun bad now. It's gonna be awful, but I'm gonna enjoy it. So And luckily I was followed up by Blue Demon versus the terrible Leparca defeating Electroshock and El Messias. This was oof.
0: Well, Electro Electroshock stinks. And every and everybody <laughs> yeah. everyone knows that he stinks. Um Masius, I've never liked him except in Lucha Underground. We've covered that ground a million times. I've never liked him his entire career. I've, I've never thought much of his entire career. Definitely look, around. Um, look, this was one of the matches I pointed to last week, along with the Vilanos match, as the two matches I was really worried about. Little did I know everything was going to stink, but those were the two matches that I was really worried about. And honestly, of the, of the first four matches, this is the one that offended me the least, I think. And it, not because it was good, but because it was completely inoffensive. It was just there. It was just. I mean, look, Blue Demon Jr. You know is what he is, and Laparka is, is as average as it gets. And you know these guys just went out there and had a star and a half fucking match. And at this point in the show, honestly, it was kind of refreshing to just go out there and just uh, see like. You know a slightly below average match because it was an improvement on the stuff that we saw before
1: yeah i'll give you that i'll give you that i mean is but, that, yeah, is I,
0: that I, the I, most backhanded
1: compliment <laughs> yeah, i mean it sucked ass but it, was I so, mean, it wasn't it was even close to good i mean don't right this me this is the point like i mentioned like i i decided after that cage that it was just gonna be a fun bad show for this i just kind of laughed i was like yeah this is terrible but whatever it's like I couldn't get upset anymore. I realized getting upset about it would have been just the stupidest thing in the world. We
0: should mention that somewhere in here, in between one of these matches, they did the very nice ceremony for uh Piro Aguayo I
1: believe Jr. it was after this match, if I remember correctly. Hector after the Garza. And- match. Yes, yeah, that was very and good. I th-
0: that was nice, too. That, you know, that was better than any of these matches.
1: Yeah, ideally you would have fed the video into the actual pay-per-view feed as opposed to putting a camera on the Jumbotron uh, yeah, and filming might, it. But, that might have you know. been... <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. I don't I I you know <laughs> what it might have been a nice what touch, a joke this the, show was. I, send the camera to the Jumbotron and let's try to get the reflection and like the speakers, like you had to hear the speakers from the the arena. And, uh, guy, and the...
0: listen, here's the scary thing. I oh. wanted to like this so badly. Rachel, <laughs> we really did. How enthusiastic
1: was I last week? I mean, we, we ended the show because everybody said everybody was, it was funny. Our, our, this podcast went up on a torrent site. I have no idea who's uploading these to torrent sites, but thank you. You continue doing it if you, if you really want to. I don't really care. But somebody went on there and said, these guys are so negative and so negative or whatever. And I replied because I'm, I'm a member of that torrent site. And I said, if we think we're negative, listen to the last half of the show, man. We are so pumped for Triple Mania. I said, listen to the last hour. It's just Joe and I going, man, this should be good. Actually, oh, this will be cool. Like, wait, wait, a like, second.
0: I, wait a second. What were we negative about last week? We, I don't we know. Praised, oh no, we bit, we, pra- what did we, we, we st- praised. we the G one?
1: And I think Ultima Lucha. You being negative on Ultima Lucha was, was okay. Awesome. All right, that's
0: fair. That's fair. Yeah,
1: I, I think that started off the we, show. So if they had just listened to the first hour, uh, they'd probably knew.
0: we praised the G one.
1: Well, you know. Okay,
0: then we. I don't think that there was a media entity on Earth who was <laughs> who was more enthusiastic about Triple Mania than yeah. we were, and specifically me.
1: I, yeah, you were, you were so soap I
0: put my neck out on Twitter. I said it had a chance to be better than Lucha Underground. I willingly ate the shit the next day when it wasn't. Um, no one was more enthusiastic about this show than we were, so that's just people not being fair, but you're right. I did kind of shit on Ultima Lucha. Look, people took it as me shitting on it. I, I must have said a thousand times, I liked the show. I just didn't like it as much as some other people did, um, but we've learned over the past you know year or so of lucha underground is they have very passionate fans yes the fans of lucha underground are very passionate very sensitive to criticism so that's fine Uh, if they want to say we're negative about that i can totally see it that's fair and uh for the two or three wrestle one you know mentals who went out of their way to defend (laughs) wrestle one i suppose that we were we were very negative on wrestle one um, yes. You know, but if, if you're gonna defend Wrestle One, you're just a mental case, and I don't have time. I don't have time for
1: you. <laughs> Slow build. Because Slow there's build, no yeah. there's
0: no way you can defend Wrestle
1: One. It's gonna take a while. It's gonna take a while to get there. But once it gets there, you'll see. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, there's like 200 people going to their shows, and they're you know. Yeah. So, but I, TV is plummeting everywhere. But yeah, it's. But fine. Rich, yeah. it's uh, I,
0: you know, you slipped that in there. What is this? Uh, you belong to a torrent site, Mister Crage? Uh, I have to. Can I assume that you're torrenting uh, non wrestling, of course? Uh, no, no, just wrestling. Are you torrenting pieces? <laughs> you're not even. You just. No, you're just I don't have pulling time. Pulling the curtain back completely, and uh, yeah, So look, I don't know nothing about that. As you know, Joe Lanza is a fine, upstanding citizen who right. pays for all of his wrestling. And
1: actually, satellite feed to watch Nico, Nico, and then you know. And- I listen. Not Nico Nico, a uh, GTV and Samurai TV. You're up there at 4 a.m. watching your Oz Academy. So uh, you know
0: that's not happening. But anything that I can, uh, in all seriousness though, anything that I can legally, purchase, absolutely, I do. Um, uh, you know, it sounds like we're doing shtick here, but
1: uh, no, it's absolutely no, and that's that's one thing that I mentioned when, when when Samurai TV decided to do their streaming thing, and then of course it's only available in Japan, and that's a big reason why a lot of us now, and that's why I've had to go to torrents or whatever because the there was. Yeah, because there was Daily Motion sites that were uploading stuff for Samurai TV. Well, those have been taken down or whatever. And I, I, I've tweeted at the Samurai TV account numerous times, and I'm sure other people have. And that's not, you know not going to do anything if they said, hey, you know what, Americans pay $7.99 or $9.99 or $10.99 or t- whatever a month. Next day, I would do it. I don't want to do torrent. I hate torrents. I hate. I didn't like Daily Motion. It was just the best thing to do. If you can, if I can pay for it, I'll pay for it. I never. I would always prefer to just pay for it it's so much easier just to click into the website and do it and
0: boy would uh eric and uh real hero have some spare time on their hands if they god yes eric
1: especially
0: (laughs) um but yeah so that's interesting our show is being torrented now this is what's confusing to me rich correct me if i'm wrong unless this explains all your extravagant vacations but our show Mm -hmm. is free correct it is, yes. You can download our show. <laughs> you, you, you can, <laughs> My parents paid for the last you've one. Been on like, you,
1: you've been on like. We Grand Haven, Michigan. You, it was like a, two hours away. <laughs> it just sat on a beach. You go on
0: more vacations than George W. Bush during his presidency. You're, you're never not on vacation. Um, <laughs> so, but cre- our show costs $0 to download, correct?
1: Uh, it, yes. You can yeah. go on
0: our website and click and play if you choose, right?
1: Uh, indeed, yeah.
0: Um, so why on earth is our show being torrented? I, this I don't understand. Um, what, like, seriously, what's the logic behind it? What is the advantage I, I have, to someone torrenting our show?
1: I have no idea. These are just weird people. I don't know.
0: Is it just the idea of – I mean, it's free, and it's not restri- – there's no subscription required. It's not behind any kind of uh, password lock. Anyone who wants to listen to our show can. I'm trying to work through the logic of torrenting the show. Wouldn't it be more trouble to torrent the show than to just Google what's playing? Yeah, what I, say, I play think it?
1: there's just a, a, a legion of people, perhaps, that just everything that they consume, why you, you know, media-wise or, or wrestling-wise, is just done on torrents. Like they just go to that site. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of people who just go on YouTube, and that's how they consume all of their information. You know, every every video, every news broadcast, sports highlights, or whatever, they just go to YouTube. And that's how they consume stuff. Like we, we noticed that too. When we put our podcast up on YouTube, they do really well. And there's people that don't listen to us via the site, but listen to us via YouTube. It's a very weird I don't quite get it. I've always been a, a, a you know, kind of multi layered or I'll, I'll go to websites, I'll go to this or whatever. But there are probably people who just every day wake up and go to the, you know, extreme wrestling torrents or whatever the hell the torrent site is or whatever. And, and that's how they consume wrestling media. They don't kind of assume that anything exists outside of it. I, I don't know. Cause it's very free. Yeah. You can very much just download it anytime you want. But. This is. Anyway, this is. Twenty one is... people downloaded our torrent, and then uh, two of them said two negative. So this is absolutely. Bizarre. We do much better on other downloads than. Uh, so we're not. We're not a torrent happy, place. But uh, we have multiple podcasts. I'm checking now. Apparently, someone's been uploading all of our stuff. Well, fantastic. Hi, welcome. Just, torrent people.
0: Whoever's doing that, okay.
1: And hey, go to voiceofresin.com too, because we get some ad revenue if you do that. We don't get any ad revenue Well, well listen to the twenty one.
0: <laughs> to the twenty one people, that are torrenting the show. Okay, twenty one. You said last, right? It's like, yeah, guys. Yeah. It's like, guys. You can just go to our website and and, and play it immediately. You don't have to torrent it. There's a, you can skip a step. You can just. It's free. What are you doing? I mean, I don't care. It doesn't. It's no skin off of my back, honestly. But what? But I, I, I'm appealing to you, guys. What? Just go to the site and listen to it. I don't understand this. Is it just the idea of like these? these people just get off on the fact that it's a torrent and they think they're
1: that could be it too this
0: is bizarre
1: behavior i don't understand no but they have like all the like the every single like of the the weekly podcast that you can think of you know like a a, a who's who of the joe gagney podmas column they're all up there every single one like the like,
0: cabana podcast yeah like
1: the cabana one's always up there the rick flair one i know just came well, up a few aren't days they just ago in
0: the cabana site listening i Cabana to it
1: like you have your your certain ones behind the paywalls like they have the pw torch those, ones they okay, have the rest of them those bunch.
0: make sense like, if I if get why you would tour it, I mean, those, you're kind of
1: a dickhead. Just pay fucking $8 or whatever. But okay, but that's But fine.
0: I get it, at least. I don't get it. Like,
1: MLW Radio Extra, they have on those. But then, like, Brian, Vinny, and Craig... Well, okay. A, why would you download Brian, Vinny, and Craig, by the way? Like, what is it? what is going... That one got 415 downloads? What the fuck? Well, again,
0: that's behind a paywall.
1: It's Brian, Vinny, and Craig. <laughs> Like, okay i
0: can't comment i've never listened to brian vinnie and craig in my life
1: oh, um yeah, but right. I, I, but i mean yeah, blue nation the one that, that that just came out that's rick flair's podcast yes. he answers questions 44 downloads he he has it free just go on to the play it like
0: well that's what i'm saying that's that's why brian vinnie and Craig have like 400 because it's behind a page.
1: Oh, i get it yeah then, no I, I get it right
0: so that's why they're on away flair because a lot of these people are just listening the flare on like like a normal person they're just going to the site listening to Flare for free i just this blows my mind that our show's being torrented it just doesn't make any yep. sense well,
1: welcome yeah. <laughs> i think that we're allowed to make fun of those fans you know how you get mad that every time we we, we put down our fans th- th- you guys are kind of weird yeah that's stupid just just voice a- is,
0: okay do you think that they're just is it kind of like they don't want us to get the fraction of the fraction of a penny that gets paid our <laughs> way if they go to the what website happens. I mean, you know,
1: I don't think they think that much. No, I just think that's how they just consume the wrestling media, but okay. I don't know. Where do we leave off here? Hair versus hair. Alberto El Patrón defeated Brian Cage, a, a, a massive upset in the world of wrestling that Brian Cage got his hair cut instead of uh, Patrón. I thought this sucked. <laughs> I know you enjoyed it. I thought it was just terrible. Like it was like a sloppy, miserable attitude era bra- uh, brawl and I just I, I did not like it.
0: On this show. Okay. After the shit that I sat through.
1: <laughs> oh, by the way, there's only one more match after this. So that's how to see you know, how
0: to see semi-competent work. Was it though? Patron was OK. Cage got his shit in, which is his fucking nickname. Um, I, I thought it was all right. Now, when I say that I thought it was the best match on the show, um, that was my reaction live. Now, I did rewatch Mysterio um the next day. And I do think Mysterio and Mr. is was a little better than the hair versus hair match on the rewatch. Um, um, but, you know, we're not talking four stars here, Rich. I mean, I'd probably have this hair versus hair match at two and three quarters or somewhere in that neighborhood in the main event at like three stars or something like that. So when I say that I liked this match, you, you have to remember the shit that I sat through before we got to this. True, sure, Right. Match. And you're absolutely right when you say it was just like a sloppy attitude era style brawl.
1: It was really sloppy. That that was a little bit disappointing. I, th- these two guys are way better than what they did here. Way better. They could have had a really solid match. And I, I and it told a decent story at the end, you know, with the flag getting draped over, you know, uh, you, you know Brian Cage, you know, because he draped, you know, Patron with the flag. And there was some good stuff at the end there, but man, the bulk of the match was just them, like you know, awkwardly putting each other through tables and stuff. It was just like you guys are way better than this, but whatever. Yeah, I but mean, um, you know, oh, go ahead. It,
0: it, it had a little blood. Um, the, the problem with this, which, you know, I fan talked about on our site when he previewed it and other people talked about there was really no build to this. It wasn't like some kind of heated hair match because the build was shit. So mm. that didn't help either. But, um, you know, and, and of course. How can we not mention all of the heel ref shenanigans? I mean,
1: oh, uh, God. Yeah, right. I forgot about that. Ugh, which God. which nobody One of the worst means. tropes.
0: It, yeah, it's so bad. And, um, just the, the awful wrestle crap botch mania, um, you know, setup when Patron finally had enough with the ref and the way the ref positioned himself.
1: <laughs> for, for, <laughs> I will kneel and put my and, face near you. And, and, and his <laughs>
0: wobbly body. And, um, yeah. and then, you know, what I've learned from listening to various other, um, reactions from, uh, uh, Cubs fan and Rob Viper did a did a podcast. I don't know if you listened to it. Uh, they were there. I have not yet. No, I'll have to check that. out. They were there live, and and um, they were talking on Twitter earlier today. The, the the technical ref who saved the day actually turned heel a couple months ago, and it was just completely <laughs> forgotten in drops apparently. So that was something oh, that boy. went over my head, because you, Rich, when it comes to AAA, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't want to misrepresent you. You basically just watch their pay per views.
1: I watch the major pay per views, and that's You've it.
0: watched the, the two Eye pay per views in this show this year, correct?
1: I have not watched the Lucha World Cup. I watched the Ray De Reyes, and then I watched this okay. one. So I've not seen the Lucha World Cup yet. But that, that's about it for as far. I read some stuff here and there. Like I'll read, uh, you know, Lucha Blog or Rob Viper anytime they post stuff. But for the most part, yeah, I, I watch wise. I don't watch. You
0: it watch time. the major shows. Right. I watch the major shows, and then I watch whatever people are pimping strongly.
1: <laughs> I will.
0: I will give that a look.
1: If and it I- pops up on our Match of the Month, I, I'll watch it too. But. Lucha guys can never get together on what match they enjoyed. And then this they month. get mad at <laughs> us,
0: even though it's crowd, right. even though it's crowdsourced. They get mad at us. And we
1: get seven people that give us seven different matches, and they get mad at us. That we and they get annoyed
0: one. at us. And then, and then, if people knew, if people only knew how hands off I am when it comes to that project, Rich, how <laughs> long ago did I wipe my hands of the match of the month project?
1: Which is fun, by the way, because uh, yeah, then uh, it's that's good. I, I'm not allowed to wipe my hands of anything, but no, uh, about about three months ago. And
0: people get on my case, and it's like. Dude, I have nothing to do with that project. That project frustrated me to no end by February, and I, I'm not, I don't even nominate matches. I have nothing to do with it. I don't even vote. Um, as you can see, I'm putting over our site very strongly.
1: Yeah, that's really great. Yeah, that's, uh, that's good. What, that's the thing that I've been working on a ton this I'll week. Yeah, i tell
0: you what I do do with the match in a month, though.
1: And we'll be up probably by the time most of you guys listen to this. So, yeah, thanks. What
0: I do do is I take advantage of the fruits of your labor, of your labor, and I do watch all of the matches that eventually get voted on that I missed during the course of the month. So I do use the match of the month. I just put no effort. You're just not an active to, participant. I'm not an active participant in the match. But yeah. the, the point here is, um, you know, I, getting back to my point, I watch all the major shows. I watch any match that gets pimped strongly or put into a thread on our board, um, which, by the way, the Lucha threads on our board, the CMLL and A thread are kicking, really good. Are kicking ass. Guys are posting cool matches that I never would have seen otherwise, and I'm going to talk about a couple of those after we're done reviewing this hideous show because I'm going to point people in the direction of the Lucha they should be watching instead of this piece of shit show. And um, and, and, and then occasionally, very occasionally, maybe once or twice a year, I'll put the AAA TV show on on YouTube when I am absolutely have nothing else to watch, and I'll sit there and watch their TV. So my point here is me and you are not exactly authorities on what's going on in AAA, and this this referee stuff went over both of our heads. But that's the talk uh, this week that they even botched that up because this ref, they just forgot about his heel turn. So there, was, I wanted to mention that, too, before we moved on to the main event.
1: Okay, main event time, of course. Uh, much talked about Rey Mysterio defeating Mysticis in 1952. This is via submission. I, From an extent, I, I put this on Twitter, and I said this, this, this show needed this match to not be like the undisputed, oh, my God, the worst. And, and people sort of attributed that to me thinking this match was great. Again, I don't think it was good. I think it was okay. I thought it was solid. I enjoyed it. But, man, on this show, that might have been a masterpiece compared to the stuff that we had Are seen you before. Kid?
0: This was I, fucking Masawa Kibashi
1: compared to the rest of the that's show. That's what I mean. I was like a three and a quarter maybe is about the most I would go with it. And I was like, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing ever just because the context of what I was watching stuff in. So that's what I meant. Is like if this thing didn't deliver at least on some level, can you imagine, Joe? Like imagine if this thing just sucked. I think if this if, to utter shit if this, and it was this
0: match sucks and the and the hair versus hair match was the best match on it was like the definitive best match on the show
1: then we're not even having that conversation we had at the top of the right, show. Right. It is
0: the worst pay-per-view of all time. I think yeah. you're absolutely right where this match did deliver on some level. It didn't deliver to to some people's expectations, but it did deliver. And look, it was a good match. Uh, it was solid. This was legitimately a good match and uh, because of that, that's where, you know, you might be able to find pay-per-views historically that had no good matches. The only problem with that is I don't think you're going to find any pay-per-views that had the, the level of uh, technical disasters that this show had, which drag it down a whole nother notch. But, yeah, look, it, this was good. I thought Rey Mysterio looked as good as he's ever going to look during this stage of his career. The guy is clearly shot,
1: but – he's uh, Yeah, he's very slow now. It, it's – I almost kind of thought, hey, after a little bit, you know, away, he's going to come back. He's going to be, you know, not like I always said, not 1995 Mysterio, not 2003 Mysterio, not even like, to, you know, 2009 Mysterio. But we'll get something. We'll get close. And it was just not. I mean, he's, he's a different worker. At he's the,
0: but, you know, he, he he
1: does. He's smart still.
0: He's smart and he does deliver on the big on the on the on the uh, on the big high spots. And he did do some nice dives. I like the sentons outside the ring. That was a nice. Uh, that was a nice move. Uh, Miss disease for his part um he was good here um he was probably better in this match than any match in WWE i think that's fair mm-hmm. to say
1: and cuz he he harnessed that character well too and of course for the people that didn't watch this um these guys both went in as baby faces, technically a lot of people on our board as well and that's what i said like you said our board does a great job of you know discussing lucha and a lot of people said hey mrs sees is going to get booed here i wonder if he's going to go heel in the match and that's exactly what happened. He got booed, and then pretty much immediately snapped into action and said, "Well then, fuck it. I'm a heel now." And he and, and, and worked the match the entire way, and did did a good job with it too. And he did hint. Seemed very natural for he him. He did
0: hint in the build that he might go heel sure. as well, uh, right, so right. people were kind of expecting that. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, I would say that both guys' performances were solid. There was just something about the match that uh, it, it felt disjointed at a lot of points. And I, I, there's some people who are saying. Um, I haven't really seen anyone say it was a great match. There's people who are saying they thought it was a very good match. I guess I could buy that. Um, personally, I just – I don't think – look, I think people have expectations for Rey Mysterio at this point that he just cannot meet. Um, he can still give you a good match. I don't think he can give you a great match anymore. I don't. Maybe if he's in there. I don't know if he could do that. Um, trying to think. Not with anybody they're going to put him in there with in this company, you know, mm-hmm. And you know, in my opinion anyway. Um, he just passed that point. So um, – but it was it, – look, it sounds like I'm burying it, and this is going to come off like the Lucha Underground discussion from last week. So I should probably um, make it very clear that I thought it was a pretty good match, you know, three, three and a quarter. I'm right there with you somewhere in that range. Not enough to save this disaster of a show though.
1: No, but uh, the, the ending was pretty cool too. Uh, Rey Mysterio taps uh, he, Mysterio out with his own move, uh, you know, the arm little bar, little mistica, the little, yeah. uh, the little Mystica, yeah, for people that aren't aware. And so that that was a pretty cool story as well. And, and the also the story too was uh, Mysterio throughout the match was doing the six one nine and trying to do the West Coast Pop and that sort of stuff. So that was kind of cool from that or ex- standpoint. Or the six
0: nineteen, as Hugo was called.
1: Oh right, <laughs> the six nineteen. <laughs> Right, and then the ending happened, and then the match was over, and then the whole thing just went to absolute shit. So Rey Mysterio, I'll do a quick recap here, and then you can kind of react and talk about it because it was just so goddamn bizarre. It 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 encapsulated the show perfectly. I thought it was just the perfect way for this terrible show to end on just this like total shit show of a confusing. So so Rey Mysterio goes to the outside. He's he's I forgot who who was it that he was talking to. I, I missed the beginning, so I don't know if they introduced who this was. Wait what it was some lady at, at ringside. It, it, it one of the panias, I think, is what uh Hugo said. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know who it was. Anyway, he he's he's jawjacking with her, or whatever. Um uh Peruguao's old stable. What what's their a Peros Yeah, Perostoma they they come out, they start attacking Mrs. Cesar or whatever. Rey Mysterio, after like five minutes turns around and goes, Oh no, <laughs> and then like comes in and helps them, and then those two they 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 get all those guys out of the ring.
0: Joe Leader made an appearance.
1: Right, Joe Leader, but he he remained. They got everybody out of the ring except for Joe Leader, who then got a staple gun to the chest from uh, Mr. Seas. seemed like a, a, a rapid acceleration. It kind of escalated kind of quickly there. Um, and then after a little bit, Mr. Sees just turned on Rey Mysterio and then proclaimed himself that he wanted, you know, that he was, you know, wanted a hair versus hair match against Rey, put him through a table. And then the uh, camera went towards the entranceway as Conan came out to try to cut the final angle, and, which was Mr. And, Mr. putting on the T-shirt and officially joining the stable. And we so, saw none of it. Right, because at that point the show cut. Off. We saw Matt Stryker go, or we heard Matt Striker go. Conan's in the ring. What does he have to say? We gotta go. Bye. He didn't <laughs> even like say
0: a... that. He just got cut off mid sentence. Oh, did he
1: get cut off? I don't remember if he actually said goodbye. Uh, Maybe that's that's an old Tony Schiavone trope—is that we gotta no, go? No, he word. just got
0: cut off mid sentence.
1: Uh, okay, because he said Conan has something to say, and then I don't remember what after that. And they
0: had about five minutes of satellite time left. Yeah. They just, it just, he just got cut off. Um, it was just, you know, the ending wasn't. So if you're
1: following, nice. Mrs. C came in as a babyface, went heel during the match, turned babyface again, and then turned heel.
0: Yeah, because they kind of were both being attacked, and there was, uh, yeah, I I guess you summed it up all right. But uh, Joe Leader, whoever, nobody can stand. I have a weak spot for that guy. <laughs> I I think he's absolutely out of his mind and he's fucking nuts. And I love watching him on these DTU shows, where he's you know DTU is this this wacky. Uh, Lucha promotion, which kind of models itself after like mid 90s ECW, and they're barbed wire tables. They're lighting shit on fire. They're lighting each other on fire. It's just fucking insane. And uh, it's mostly like 18 and 19 year old kids, you know, mm-hmm. just cutting in, just breaking in, and Joe Leader. And you know, and and, and, and he's just he just you know it's just I have I there's a soft spot. It's like it's like uh, I I don't know. I I'm really into watching him maim himself with these 18 year olds on these DTU shows. Um, But you know, Lucha fans can't stand the guy, and he had to show his face here. And um, I believe he took the staples also to the head, didn't he? Wasn't he bleeding by the end
1: of all this? I don't recall. I don't remember. Yeah, he probably did. I, I at this point, I was my head was spinning trying to figure out what the hell was going on. So, uh,
0: so yeah, I mean, I didn't find all of that stuff as confusing as a lot of people did. But then again, you know, I knew what we, I kind of you know people the writing was on the wall, and we kind of knew that he was going to go heal based on some of the reviews that we read, uh, the previews we read, and whatnot. So I could see why just a casual viewer tuning in. I mm-hmm. uh, had no idea what was going on,
1: especially and in the moment it was it was it was a lot to handle too. Especially watching people on Twitter, they're like, "Oh my God, yeah, Rey Mysterio and Mrs. Caesar. Oh no, they're not! Like, oh God! Like, like in the moment, watching it on Twitter, watching it unfold with with the people reacting, probably added to it for me as well because it was just like people, just the different reactions going on in those in those last five minutes were just insane. Now so. we
0: would qualify as casual viewers, but imagine watching this show through the eyes of someone who was even more casual than us. Let's say.
1: Right, we know all the names. Like we know who these guys are outside. It's not like re- we didn't say, "Oh my God, Rey Mysterio on pay per view. I'm going to watch." Like you know, that wasn't the hook for us. Right? Imagine was someone who Mania, yeah.
0: you know truly was coming into this thing blind. What they must have thought of this show, or someone who maybe watched Lucha Underground all year and said, "Oh, I know a lot of these names," and and, and watched this show. What they must have thought of this show? I mean, this was a complete disaster for AAA in terms of them trying to break into a new market because. They clearly – this show had to have run off. Um, Look, I don't know how many people ordered it to begin with. Probably under 10,000. Is that fair to say?
1: Uh, Uh, Yeah, I would probably put like somewhere in the 6-8 range at at the high, high, high end. It would probably be lower than that. Let's say 8,000 people ordered the show.
0: You would have to think right off the bat that 4,000 of them are never coming back after watching this absolute complete shit show of a disaster. Terrible wrestling. Um. The pr- now the production that we haven't even touched on yet. I you know I know you've probably got a lot to say, um because this is kind of your baby, and it's just th- this was just just take it away. It was just start. To
1: finish. Yeah, the, the production from start to finish was just awful. I mean, in, in terms of the way. The way that it was structured in terms of like the cameras and stuff, some of it was okay. Some of the cameras were just awful. Like I mentioned in the cage match, it was like shaking and it had just awful camera shots and it was like out of focus and and that stuff. From that point though, I'm not going to really harsh on it because that really wasn't the worst part. The worst part was obviously the audio and the audio was just a shit show the entire time. Matt Stryker started off the show. You couldn't hear him at all. They had put the auto difficulties on the screen. Uh, eventually, Stryker started to work. And by the way, Hugo Savinovich was with him, and you didn't hear him until, God, the, the sixth match on the show. Well, Hugo, he was well, complete-
0: you, you missed the opener. Hugo was there for the opener. Then he he disappeared. So when you started watching, he was gone.
1: OK, but he was there. Oh, the OK, oh, OK, he was. The, oh, he was there for the opener. Okay. And then, and then, here's, the was, and then
0: here's what was screwed up. Like Stryker didn't realize that we couldn't hear him for a while. And Stryker mm. was having these conversations with Hugo on the air. And we were only hearing Stryker until until Stryker got clued in on Twitter. Who's producing this? Is there anybody? Yeah, in exactly,
1: ear? and that, and that's that's the biggest thing I wanted to say about this because one of the st- things that I've heard is, is people laughing at Matt Stryker and saying, "Oh my God, what an idiot!" You know, he's asking people on Twitter what they're hearing, and he's doing check one twos on the air and doing all this bullshit. You know, whatever. And Stryker, I I get it. He says a lot of annoying shit, and this was not, you know, one of his finest. He'd said a lot of stupid, annoying shit during this entire show, missed some things, did all this sort of stuff. But he didn't call when it you looked... the
0: Mystico, which was it.
1: And, and the... He called he it the Armbar. Like the part. Yeah, slap
0: that... the leg thing was
1: just that was pretty fucking stupid yeah and he's he's liable to that's a match record thing you know when he's gonna do a broadcast he's gonna say about six or seven you're getting just a half completely eye roll things Absolutely. where you're like uh what are you saying dude just shut up just stop like like i i don't mind the guy i think he's pretty good at, at what he does but there's a few things where even i'm just like dude just just shut up just don't say it yeah. i know you know not to say it i know you want it just, just don't it's okay he
0: doesn't know not that's the thing I, does he? I don't know. How does how does something like that, which is a totally you know business exposing thing, how as someone who was a wrestler for all those years, <laughs> how does that go from his brain to his lips and then escape his lips before he stops himself and catches himself? And did you did
1: you, you see his thing? justification? Because Alan Blackstock, who's who's a long time listener of Voice of Wrestling, messaged him on Twitter and kind of was like, well, "Why'd you say that?" And he did you hear his? Did you ever see his response? I Did not. Oh, he said something like, well, it's obvious now, like even kids notice it today.
0: Well, you know, then why even fucking bother calling the matches <laughs> at all? Just <laughs> let's just say what I mean. That's an awful answer. It's an awful response. I'd have more respect if he just would have said, hey, look, man, I it was really dumb and I shouldn't have said that.
1: I mean, yeah, he said, well, kids notice it now, too. So what, why even bother? <sighs> Not great.
0: Or, I mean, even if he could have kayfabed it, I mean, he could have said something like, well, you know sometimes wrestlers slap the leg to make it sound like there's more impact for, for the benefit of the, you know, say that heels
1: Right, do it. right. Still let it be, yeah, can, put some, some, some it up, up. at
0: least. I mean, jeez. I mean, just, you know, but anyway, go ahead.
1: Anyway, yeah, so so throughout the show, I mean, obviously Striker's having huge issues, it, 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 relying on Twitter to say, hey, can you hear me? On uh, Twitter, let me know if you can hear me. Let me know if you can hear me or whatever. And there's people just railing on him and, and, and whatnot. And you know what? That's not his fault. Whoever was producing this, which apparently was no, fucking nobody, Because he was getting, I I don't know if they had, did they not have headsets? I don't know what the hell was going on. The guy had was out there, out in the open, had no way of knowing if people were hearing him, no way of knowing if Hugo was hearing him, no way of knowing that if he was hearing Hugo, like just an unmitigated disaster. Like, and that's that's not on him as a person who's done production, who's done TV production or whatever, the guy on the other end there is out in the open and has no recourse. If there's nobody in the truck saying, or he doesn't have a headset saying, oh my God, we can't hear you, you know, do this, do this. He had no direction. It was obvious that he no, had no direction. And there's not much you can do with that standpoint. And then my other thing about Striker as well, um, you know, people were railing on, oh, he missed this. Oh, he didn't say this. He was, this wasn't specific. Oh, he was doing this wrong or whatever. Think about what this guy prepped to do. When he came to triple mania the weeks prior to triple mania, he says it's me and Hugo motherfucking Sevenovich are going to do this broadcast, right? I'm going to do the color. He's going to do the play by play. When you're prepping for that as a match striker and, and, and fair or not, he's not going to learn every little fucking intricacy. And, and you can't do that either. You know what I mean? Like this guy isn't a triple a guy. He does Lucha underground. He does some stuff here and there. Japan. We even saw when he did new Japan, he needed a lot of work. Like he watches it casually, I'm sure, but he's not an expert of it. Hugo is. And Hugo was going to be his play-by-play guy. Yes. Right immediately after the match starts, Hugo's gone and, and, and done, and we can't hear him until the freaking the Al Patron-Brian Cage match. Hugo has no mic, no way of doing it. And pretty much, I believe at the end of the show, and, and a few people, I think more were now, mentioned this as well and, and noticed it too, I am almost positive that at a point, Matt Striker and Hugo were just passing the mic between each other. It's, it's i think it got to that point I, it, it sounded like especially during a patron cage maybe for the mysterious one they were okay the El patron cage i'm almost positive you could hear them switching the mic like when hugo wanted to talk striker would give him the mic
0: and you know good on them for coming up with their own solution then
1: i they were and, and again that's the thing like i'm not gonna rail on these guys because that's what they had to do is say you know what fuck it here hugo when you want to talk grab the mic out of my hand. i can hear what you're saying maybe you can yell loud enough and, and we can respond. Like they were talking via that way, which is just un- ridiculous. Imagine getting ready for the show and that's what happens. I, I
0: kind of think burying Matt Stryker for saying two or three really stupid things is kind of unfair and missing the point here where you can't really bury him or Hugo or either one of them. for, for what, what The situation that they were put in
1: was fucking terrible it was it was they, unpro- they like, free- ungodly unprofessional like like pretty, they I, I would absolutely
0: and they're pretty much in my opinion they're free and clear of criticism
1: for their performance because i would if matt Stryker in the middle of it said fuck this this is fucking stupid i'm leaving by i wouldn't have cared i would have said you know what you're right I, he was a pro the entire he went through that and took his shots and it was like okay can you guys hear and, and that sort of stuff and i commend that as a guy who's worked in production for him not to get so frustrated to say you know what guys fuck this this is stupid no one's listening anyway i'm out yeah. And just putting the mic down. Nobody would have known. Nobody was listening, clearly. I hear you. you know? I hear you. And it, there was a point where he started to talk about his East Coast indie friends and like Julius Smokes or whatever. And, I, and people were going, oh, come on, striker. And I said, no, fuck it. No one's listening to this thing anyway. I've, Knock yourself out, Matt Stryker. Do whatever the hell you want. Go into business for yourself. No, if no one has the decency to listen in a truck or have a truck or give you a headset or whatever, say whatever the fuck you well, want. I and
0: mean, you know what? That's people being pretty nitpicky because what's the problem with giving some background on Jack Evans? Right. I know what they're talking about. It was when he was talking about Jack Evans, and he was saying that he's been managed by Julius Smokes, and he man- he mentioned a couple other people that were managers of Jack Evans. That what's wrong with that? What's wrong with giving a little background of the guy? Enter that's that's extremely nitpicky. And again, mm-hmm. if that's where you got to go to criticize the guy with this with the situation that he was put in, and under the circuit the circumstances that he was dealing with, then I mean, geez, it's like, uh, you know, that's that's almost like, um. You know, hooking up with a model and complaining because there's a pimple on her ass. I mean, right. it's like, can, can you let's look at the big picture here. Look at the situation this guy was put in. You're going to rip him because he brought up Julia Smokes. Ah, that comes off super petty. I didn't I didn't see people doing that. But whoever did that, that's
1: there, there were quite a few. That's that, beyond were, petty. And, and, I, and yeah, I think the biggest thing for me, and, and that's what I've came away with this is, is is look at what the role that that guy prepared for and look at what he got and what he had to do. I think that dude was an MVP. I think he was awesome then. If, if considering that he comes into prep to be the play-by-play or the, the color guy rather to Hugo, right? Who's an expert? Who's there all the time? I mean, he's going to say, "I'm jumping off of you." I'm going to, I'm going to add some comments here and there. I'm going to add some stuff that I know from Lucha Underground. I'm going to add some background to these guys. But Hugo, you do the heavy lifting. No, I'm doing everything. He does play, solo play-by-play, which is hard enough as is. If you know the company that you're doing. Let alone doing solo play by play for a company that you prepared to be the color guy to a guy next to a guy who's an expert.
0: I felt gutted for both of those guys. absolutely. And there was at one point you could hear Hugo talking through Striker's mic, and it was clear that Hugo didn't know his mic was on, and I'm just I think I even tweeted out to him, I was like, oh, this poor, this poor Hugo. He thinks people can hear him. He's talking to himself. Nobody can hear him. It's just I felt gutted for both of them and and, and the fact that they retained their enthusiasm. All the way through, uh, through the main event, and we're still enthusiastic about the main event. And then you got Hugo, as the main event's wrapping up, plugging the next show on October 4th and telling people with a straight face.
1: Tell your cable provider to to carry this next pay-per-view.
0: Come see our next spectacular events on October 4th. (laughs) It's like, you know, give these guys a break. Will you, I mean, do we really need to rip these guys with the situation they were put in? You know, slap the leg aside. Look, Stryker's going to say – we. It's, a, it's like you said, it's a given. He's going to say a couple of stupid things. All things considered, you're absolutely right. He's taken way too much shit. And – um. You know, there was a point where I don't I don't know if this was the case for you where the picture flipped upside down in the middle
1: of the match. Oh, yeah, yeah, I had that during the cage match. There was numerous times where I was watching an upside down cage match. Yeah. yeah and, was... and, and just, you know, <laughs> what the fuck? How do you do that? Like, I don't even know how you do it. I, As a person who's done, for, I don't even know how you do that.
0: The skipping in the beginning, the audio issues, which just seemed like they're just it,
1: what are you doing? It seemed like,
0: like, they, were, even... it seemed like they were prepared for them, since it said audio difficulties on the screen uh, yeah, within man, the first right. five minutes of the show. This just came off like a minor league show from start to finish, with the ring work, with the production gaffes, and with the audio issues. just just came off as a fucking, it's just absolute bush league garbage. The entire show. Um, so I will watch this Halloween Havoc 2000, but it's got it's got a lot of ground to make up uh, if it's going to be worse than this.
1: Maybe, maybe I'll watch it tonight too. We can we can bounce off each other. I, and... I
0: can't. It, it's going to be really hard to be worse than what I just saw. And you're right. The only saving grace was was to some extent that main event, but you know, yeah. it's not like that's a match I ever want to watch again. I mean, you know.
1: Oh God, no, no.
0: Um, you know, it's it's hey, um, you know, it, it it's crazy when. The, uh, the, the the two like uh, – the, the Hall of Fame deal they did for uh, Garza and, and Aguayo and the thing they did for uh, the, the Viano – that was better than the matches. That stuff that yeah. they did was, it came off far better than the matches. Um, so, yeah, just an absolute unmitigated disaster. And I'll tell you what, but um, what's funny is I'm almost positive that their next show, which they're putting on pay-per-view, is head-to-head with Bound for Glory which oh
1: god that's <laughs> what a nice that's
0: like the that's like a you know you, you have like I don't even know what to call that that's like that's that's almost like there's a conflict with the cable with like the pay-per-view carriers right like which one it's like which one would you rather carry the least is is what the debate will be here i mean no one's going to order either show and it's like this is like the head to head battle this is we, we, both of these shows are going to do far less than ten thousand uh, buys apiece. Bound for Glory might do less than five thousand buys. This after the disaster that was Triple Mania—that—that's
1: that's going right. to be about two thousand. And they're yeah, going be, to be—and they're
0: going to be splitting the market. <laughs> I mean, can you even
1: estimate? This seems like a bad idea. This seems like a uh, not a very good idea. Can you idea. even
0: estimate? I'm going
1: to go out on a limb and say this is not a great idea for either company. Can you even- Someone needs to discuss with each other and, and
0: Well, can you even make an estimate of how many people are going to buy these shows? Are they going to get five thousand buys combined?
1: I don't know if TNA is going to get 5,000 like you said. I I really don't. I don't. I mean, weren't they doing 5,000 in their prime?
0: They've done as low as 5,000 before, and now they're at their lowest point ever of people just not giving up. The TNA lunatic fringe has turned on the company.
1: Yeah, that's.
0: That show's this gonna is, do like two thousand buys.
1: Yeah, two thousand to three thousand. I think Lucha Lucha might do that. Too. Maybe a thousand to two thousand. Well, we need.
0: More. I need to see a number on Triple Mania.
1: On what this had? Yeah. If this only had two thousand, then we can say if we say like eighty people I, are gonna it, you know order this next whatever one. Whatever
0: but... Triple Mania did, you can slice half. it in half, <laughs> and, and that's being generous.
1: Yeah. No. No observer yet, so I don't know. Uh, I, I've been refreshing to see if it comes up at any point. There to are see no
0: it. casual viewers who are buying this thing ever again.
1: Oh God, no. They're not gonna trust You're this God.
0: company. They're never buying it again, and. Hardcore fans, the people who would listen to this show, half of them aren't ever going to buy a triple A show again. I'm the only dope who's going to buy the next one because <laughs> I will buy the next one because I like triple A. And I and and look, I'm someone who I I, I understand all of the triple A tropes. I know that you're going to get them. I don't like them, but I know they're going to be there. I'm I'm I you know I was genuinely foolish in thinking. That they would curtail a lot of those things because of how important this show was to them in expanding into the the pay per view market and into mm-hmm. the United States. I really thought they would curtail a lot of those things, and they didn't. They they, right. they they and 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 on top of it, when you when you throw in the production issues and you throw in how bad the first four matches were, um, even look, a lot of times AAA matches are bad. I, I, this was worse than. Uh, and look, I, look, I'm not watching it on a show by show basis, but th- this was the worst of the worst that I've ever seen. Well, and, and the Reyes de Reyes show had a bunch of quality matches.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and when you think about it too, I, I think you you brought up a point that I guess we didn't bring up earlier is that when you look at at, at the ramifications of the show and what the show was supposed to mean for AAA. How long have AAA, has AAA said we need to to penetrate the United States market?
0: Over 20 years.
1: Exactly. 1994 through basically and 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 since that since when worlds collide which you and alan talked about at length great podcast by the way you can see it f4wonline.com i also i uh, put it on the uh our website as well you did an appearance on the dr keith show and, and talked about when worlds collide as a part of a bigger podcast but really good show but you guys talked about that show and immediately afterwards they said okay we're gonna run you know the la we're gonna go to chicago where they had a bunch of shows here in chicago they had a bunch of shows in la or whatever but they've been trying to be a legit you know player in the american wrestling market since 1994 yes This was their first big opportunity to be on American pay per view. They went all out. They were, you know, their PR. We we said some not nice things about them last week, but for the, you know, for the most part, they were all over the place. You couldn't. No wrestling website in the world, anywhere that's worth anything, didn't have some Triple H. We were getting, you you know what I mean. We
0: were getting daily press releases.
1: Yes. So you had the hype video. You had the fifteen minute hype video on YouTube. We had daily press releases. You had F4W, PW Torch you know mlw all these anyone you you can name any of them had a guy on there wrestling inc you know podcast had a bunch of guys mysterio Kona, anybody they were giving you everybody we had if if we were you know in in preparation or or at least if they were prepared enough we would have had a guy as well we would have been included in those sites that were doing triple a triple mania coverage they went all out on a pr thing of saying american audiences watch this pay-per-view this is triple a but apparently on the other end, they just said, yeah, we're going to do the same shit we always do. And we don't care if it doesn't appeal whatsoever to American audiences, which but is how stupid.
0: Is, even with all of the AAA tropes that everyone's uh, – that I would think a lot of people listening to this are familiar with, it's it, the matches were still really bad. Even, even when you disregard the heel ref stuff, um, putting a match in a cage that should have never been in a cage to begin with, the, the matches were still really bad, even if you just – guard all of the troops and, and 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 that is a major they picked the wrong time to have 75 percent of the show be dreadful and 90 percent of the show if you're like you and didn't like the hair versus hair match which i thought was okay yeah. but a lot of people didn't think that was any good either um so they, they just picked the, the worst possible time for that you know and it's just <laughs> it's, it's a shame and it, i really wish one of the two i pay-per-views from this year would have been the pay-per-view debut.
1: Yeah, the Raider if, would have been a perfect. If the
0: Raider Ass would have been the pay-per-view debut, or or the or the uh, uh, the World Cup deal. Okay, and or or both of them would have been on pay-per-view. This was the third show. I could almost come on this podcast and say, guys, look, they had a bad night. Okay, they gave you two solid pay-per-views before, and look, if you were an eye pay-per-view of those two shows, you, I'm sure you enjoyed those shows. I, I, you know, Rob Barry didn't. Enjoy the, the the guy who reviewed it for our site didn't enjoy the World Cup, but most people did. Um, that got good review. That was a strong show. And the Ray of the Rays, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I enjoyed that show. It's just a shame that this was the one that the most eyes were on. It just – it really is a shame. And I will buy the next one. But from what I'm told, from what Cubs fan had to say, he thinks it's a mistake they're putting the next one on pay-per-view because it's traditionally not a very good show. So um, that doesn't sound very –
1: no, we'll we, we'll be back next time in a few months. <laughs> what October? October fourth. So, uh, second 4th, week of October. Yeah. So the second the week of October, day. we'll be uh, we'll be talking. So. Oh boy. All right. Well, that's triplemania. Let's talk about good stuff. Stuff that makes us happy. The G1 climax. Joe, so we are in the final days now. We are in the final what? Final three. Uh, we got the two final block matches, uh, uh, shows rather, and then the uh, G1 finals on Sunday, which we'll have coverage of. Uh, wall-to-wall coverage. We're going to do uh, live tweeting. We're having a live review. We'll have a review up on the website uh, almost immediately after uh, the show ends. So we'll, we'll have it covered all the way. They, well, multiple people watching it, multiple people covering it. We'll have all the other shows reviewed as well. So, but we're going to be just wall-to-wall coverage of G1 on that final day and in, in these final days as well. But um, I thought I want to talk a little bit about these shows and where the blocks kind of are at now. I mean, if there's is there any individual things you wanted to talk about before we kind of do the, the, the big picture G1 stuff? Any matches you want to talk about? I know Ishigoto you loved. Uh, did you watch today's show at all?
0: Um, I, I, I don't. I don't know how we can get away with not talking about Hanma. Um, you know, Hanma wins.
1: Absolutely, um, Yep. We so, we we kind of predicted it. If you listen to the show, well, we we, we got to be one. fair, though. We got to be fair. No, we we okay. You're right.
0: When, when we when we did our big G one preview, we totally whiffed on that, and it, <laughs> in hindsight, it was pretty obvious when, and a lot of people picked up on it. We didn't. That Cork and Hall main event Hanma versus Ishii I mean they were basically telling you this is when it's coming and we put we completely whiffed on that and that's a bad job out of us but you know I got convinced by listening to people's arguments that they were going to do it there I think we both got convinced of that uh, and we said it last week that this is probably what they were going to do and and they finally did it Hanma finally yeah. won and it was a great moment um you know, if you couldn't enjoy that, I think you put it best on Twitter. If you couldn't enjoy that, get a new hobby. I mean, it was just a great moment. Um, very enjoyable.
1: He's near tears. The crowd's just chanting the whole time. He does, you know, he cuts his his, his gravely promo because his, you know, vocal cords are all screwed up. And just everything was just great. The chant awesome.
0: after the match, the reaction of the young boys.
1: Did you say that it was awesome too? When he was leaving the crowd, like people were just hugging him. It was like Beatlemania. Like people were just He's grabbing on him. him he he, he used- couldn't Yeah, he couldn't walk. There's like little kids grabbing onto him, and like, like that's awesome. That's so cool. Like and if you, yeah, like if you don't enjoy that, you're just a terrible person and stop watching. I wrestling.
0: mean, you're just but. being way too hypercritical. If there was anything about that that you didn't just fucking eat up, I mean, and Ishii's performance in that match was. Let me tell you, if you watch his mannerisms and some of the subtle things that he did. Just not taking Hanma seriously, uh, popping up from his offense and just giving him these these looks. Ishii was great here. He was just the perfect person to be opposite of Hanma in this match. Um, they've had great matches in the past. He's a total ass kicker. He was no selling his shit early in the match, and Ishii's a guy who is 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 known for being he's the stone pit bull. You know, he no sells. That's part of his routine. So it was the it was the perfect opponent in the perfect venue. Two guys who were super over in that building, and to me it just worked out perfectly. It wasn't a five star match. I think I had it four four and a quarter. I'll throw the extra quarter star for all the emotion that's around it. Kind of like when you see a big Lucha match and there's a mask versus mask match, you throw the extra quarter star for the emotion. Mm-hmm. You, know, you
1: all the post match yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean,
0: you know, it, that's all part of the match mm-hmm. to me. Uh, you know, Bell to Bell was about four stars. And, uh, you know, you could throw an extra quarter star at it for, for all the emotion. And, and, and you know, if Ishii would have won, it's a four-star match. Hanma won, it's four and a quarter. You know, that's just the way it is. So, um, you know, and, and again, like you said, the fans mobbing him, you know, as he was trying to exit the arena. It's just it's just, just great stuff. It's just feel-good stuff. I mean, and as they were scanning the crowd, everybody with just a giant smile on their face. Everyone with a giant smile on their face. And now that he's beat he beat Ishii, I have no problem with him beating Yujiro in sumo hall now.
1: You know what I mean? Because now – Yeah, go on a win streak. Yeah, you can't, I, I don't like him trading wins. I want him now. Now you got to do a little win streak. I don't say – you know, he doesn't have to win a title or whatever, but I think it's pretty cool to just have him reel off a few wins. He's got I, it yeah, now. Yeah, absolutely. You know? I don't
0: know about a win streak, but like but to reel off a few – look, there's no reason for him not to beat Yujiro now. Like if he would have lost to Ishii, I would say no, he shouldn't beat Yujiro because beating Yujiro is just a waste of time. Beating Ishii means something. That's a cool win. Ishii in the main event, Kork and Hall, that's a cool win. That's worthwhile. Um, if he had lost that match, there'd be people saying that he should beat Yujiro. That I would have disagreed. No, forget you don't want his first win to be over Yujiro. But now that he got that win under his belt, fuck that. He should definitely beat Yujiro in Sumo Hall. Why yeah, not? I agree. There's no reason for him not to. So, you know, I have no problem if he wins that match. Um, I think it'll be pretty silly if he loses it. But, you know, this match here, it's it, You know, it's not going to be one of the ten matches. It, it might be one of the top ten matches of the tournament. It's not going to be the best match of the tournament. But it might be the best moment of the tournament. Um, you know, so yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's very enjoyable, very emotional. If you love wrestling, this is the kind of stuff that, that this is the reason you love wrestling matches like this.
1: Uh, my match of the night. I, did you, you, you watched the entire show? I haven't
0: seen the whole show. I only saw the main event.
1: Ah, you missed But everyone's miss, talking oh, about
0: Okada and Nagata.
1: A lot of people aren't saying that one's their favorite. I thought it was far and away my favorite. I fucking love that. That might be my top, one of my top three matches this entire tournament. Just, just Yolo. I I don't want to say too much because it's hard to really describe without you also seeing it. I mean, I know, you know I, mean? I, I, I know
0: all the winners. You're not going to spoil anything.
1: Yeah, no, the winner is isn't a surprise. But the way it's worked, and there's a particular spot at pretty early in the match where where Okada goes for a clothesline, and Nagata like like channels you know Nagata of, of you know 12 years ago, and do, like bends down to dodge the clothesline and just turns around and looks at Okada, and he's like, "It's on!" Like you know, <laughs> like like I'm not old man Nakata You know, today I, I'm I'm a i 'm an OG tonight like you're gonna have to really work hard to beat me and and that's what the entire match was is Nagata was like you know you know I'm you know I, I I'm sick of being the old man Nagata I'm gonna be With four points. classic good Nagata like I'm gonna kick your ass like yeah. it was really it was really 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 good I, I thought without a doubt my favorite and Okada had a great performance which she's had it in the entire time he's had a low-key awesome tournament like he hasn't had any Okada like do not way. You, know, you
0: know yeah people aren't talking about Okada but when you look and you you really you know you you sit down and you take a look match by match. He's, he's, he's had a, tri- it's
1: very mature. It's a very, is that what you, I'm sorry. I all you long.
0: He's, he's, he's almost become a man in this tournament. He's-
1: exactly. Yeah. He's become a smarter, like, like I've always thought his skill was, was really great. you know, obviously the drop kick and he's, he's, he's got a great, he's got a lot of great off, you know, just a lot of the stuff that he does is fun. He's got good offense, he's got that sort of stuff. I thought in this tournament, especially, he got so good at working off of his opponent and really harnessing what they do well and making it work for him where i feel like he's worked a ton of different matches and different style matches throughout this tournament and and like you said he's i think he's matured in a lot of ways he just seems like a great worker now different whereas before he was a guy working off of i'm a i'm an athletic 25 26 27 year old or whatever you know i i do this crazy stuff you know i have this great persona and that stuff now he's really becoming just an elite worker
0: oh yeah i mean you know i i thought he was a great worker before and i i think he's probably easily top five in the world uh you know, right now, and it, it, he's had so many. He's had different kinds of matches in this tournament. I mean, mm-hmm. the work he did with Elgin in the first week to help get Elgin over, I thought, and I thought it was interesting that that's who they chose to work with Elgin on those mm-hmm. first two
1: nights. And it sets the stage. It sets the stage for Michael Elgin, who's now one of the most over guys in New Japan right nobody's now. Nobody's stock has it's insane. Nobody's stock has risen in this tournament. Everybody loves him now too. That's the best part. Twitter, it's, Twitter loves him. Yep. Twitter, Twitter could not be more in love with Michael Elgin yeah, right I now. I
0: mean, he's he has completely won over people who couldn't stand him before. Um, and and no one's stock has risen more than his. And it's very interesting that the guy they chose to put him in with on those mm-hmm. very important first two shows for Elgin was Okada. Yeah, and so- And then Okada had that match against Hanma where – Um, I thought was brilliantly worked where the story was he just wasn't taking Hanma seriously and he was just going through the motions and was going to put him away very quickly with the Rainmaker. And then Hanma had that amazing reversal of the Rainmaker where he headbutt him in the face and then it was on. And then you saw Okada scrambling in that – you know, the whole story of the match changed to where he had the scramble. Oh, shit. I'm going to lose the points here if I don't take this guy seriously. And then, you know, he had to take the guy seriously, and then he finally put him away. And then you know you go all through the tournament and 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 he's just had these these subtle performances that he's really th- this entire year really, go, mm-hmm. go go look at the Bad luck folly feud. I mean, that was a completely different Okada than we had ever seen before. And when you look at some of bad luck Fale's performances in this tournament, some of which have been awful, I mean, he's had a couple matches that were okay. But some of his performance in this tournament awful. In hindsight, those tag matches, and that's those singles matches with Okada earlier in the year. I mean, Okada comes off looking like a, a, a fucking super worker for what he got out of Bad Look Folly. I mean, you know, that singles match that they had, well, you know, in hindsight. I mean, we all liked it in real time. But, I mean, it looks so much better when you see how Folly has performed against some of these guys in this tournament. This entire year. And then at Wrestle Kingdom, of course, that's still my of course, match yeah. of the year, which to me, that, that Okada Tanahashi match was one of the best examples of in ring storytelling I've ever seen in professional wrestling. In fact, it may be the number one example of in ring storytelling that I've ever seen in my life in professional wrestling. So you look at Okada's year as a whole, and this has really been the year to me, aside from twenty twelve where he just shocked the shit out of you know nearly everyone. And 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 crashed a scene and just was this out of nowhere superstar in terms of taking a step. If you ignore 2012, this is the year I think since 2012 where he's taken the biggest steps Um, as a worker, as a complete worker. And and this tournament really you go match by match. It's like you said, it's kind of been a little bit under the radar, but every night this guy has delivered.
1: Right. They haven't been like spectacular, like match of the year level stuff, but everything's been really, really good. And It's told a good story and it's been, it's been like higher level sort of stuff. You, you know what I mean? Like he, he hasn't relied on 7,000 kickouts and a bunch of stuff. You know, it hasn't relied on, you know, trading finishers like crazy. He's just having like low key great matches. And that, that's, I think that's important for him because he's always been considered and, and some people have considered him a guy who on those, you know, big nights he just, you know, throws a bunch of, you know, attempted rainmakers and and kicks out of a bunch of stuff. And that's sort of how he gets his. But the, I, I. I don't think he's that at all anymore i think he's really I smart see, i think the thing
0: is i don't think he ever was
1: i mean no i don't i agree i agree, I agree but I, even, watch, even people oh no even people that have that reputation i don't think how you i don't, I don't know how after the G won you can even have a reputation that he's not anything but well, I mean, just look, spectacular look, look, yeah, great if, work if
0: you're ripping the guy now you're just not paying attention or you're being stubborn i mean he's he's clearly a great worker Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'll disagree with you a little bit. I think he has had some matches that, look, I don't think there's any clear-cut match-of-the-year contenders, but there's been stuff, some stuff that's borderline. I, mean, I have the Ishii match at four and a half. I got the Goto mm-hmm. match at four and a quarter. Um, you know, the Elgin match is a match that, you know, people have forgotten about because it was so long ago. I thought that was a really great match. Um, the Hanma match, I thought, was a great match. So it, it, that's the thing. It's like all of his matches have been great, but, but it's like no one's talking about him. The first week of the tournament, Everyone was talking about Kota Ibushi. Right. And then, you know, now it's like, you know, Kota Ibushi kind of tailed off. AJ Styles obviously has been pretty great in the tournament. Naito has been getting a lot of attention for his character work. Um, and, and Okada is just and, and Elgin of course, has gotten a ton of attention for for how shockingly good he has been. Godot has had some big-time matches in this tournament.
1: Yeah, Godot, as of late, has has, has really caught on, and, and people are really enjoying his work in um, you know, the last week or so.
0: Hanma, obviously, uh, finally getting the big win. He's had some big-time matches in this tournament. Godot Ishii, to me... Is a surefire match of the year contender. It's the third best match of the year, in my opinion, right now. And a match where you didn't have two of the all-time greatest matches ever at Wrestle Kingdom. It would be my match of the year right now, uh, if not for the really? two matches. Hmm. Go to yeah, absolutely. Go to Ishi. I love that match.
1: I enjoyed it. I don't know if I liked it as much as you. I'd probably go about four and a half or so. I, I really, really liked it, but I, I don't know if I'd have it match the level. I, I don't I think it would in, be in my I top ten. I got it 10. four
0: and three quarter, and I, I have it. Uh, you know, my previous number three match uh, was the. Uh, uh, the Joe Doring uh Go match, I thought it was, mm-hmm. I thought it was better than that, so um, I'd have it at number three right now. Um, you know, so Goto Ishi, a lot of these guys have had big time tournaments, and there's Okada. I mean, if you really broke it down match by match, you know he'd probably be a top five guy despite all you know all those guys that I named. And I'll tell you who I haven't named, Rich, and that's Shinsuke Nakamura.
1: Well, actually, yeah, I was going to mention we had a, a question here, and I, I mentioned this on Twitter, uh, or actually in my review uh, a few nights ago, and I, I got, you know, a lot of shit for it, and I don't know if people didn't quite understand what I was saying, but uh, we also got a question as well from uh, Ali Court, who's a Voice Wrestling staff member as well, and 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 when we had a call for questions for this episode, uh, said, out of the 20 G1 participants, where does Nakamura rank on in-ring performance in this tournament? Does he make the top 10? And now I put in my review, this was a few nights ago, that I said, think about this, that legit, and and. and I can do it, and I can name it in, in five seconds, is, is legit, think of this, Nakamura, if, if you're really looking at this objectively, he has not been a top 10 worker in this G1, and that's insane.
0: Well, let, let's, okay, you say he's not.
1: You want me to do my, you want me to do my list?
0: Yeah, give me, give me the 10 that have been better.
1: Okay, give me t- I'll give you 10 guys now here that, I, that I've enjoyed more than, than Tanahashi, or uh, Nakamura. Right, do do, do uh, you want
0: me to say agree, disagree?
1: Um, yeah, or if you would have them in your top 10. And we'll figure out. Well, well right. I don't, I don't know.
0: well I can't do that. Well I will just agree or disagree on whether I think they've been better than Nakamura.
1: Okay, that's fine. Okay. Okay. Uh AJ Styles. Agree. Uh Tanahashi. Agree. Uh Naito? Agree. Uh Shibata? Agree. So we're the four right now. Uh, Kota Ibushi.
0: uh absolutely.
1: Five. All right. Uh, Okada? Yes. Six. Carl Anderson.
0: Um,
1: some people some people had questions about that one. Let me let me we'll go back to that. We have let six.
0: Let me, let, me, let me think.
1: I think I can do it without him, but we we'll, we we'll, we can go back to him if you want.
0: Oh, hold on. I'll give you an answer. Let's see. Knock, I really liked the Ishi match. I like the Hanma match. I like the I thought the Goto match was the best match that he's had with Goto. Other than that, I haven't been crazy about anything he's done. Anderson, I really liked the Ishi match. I really liked the uh, the Elgin match. Yeah, yeah. They're close. They're real close.
1: Okay. Well, I don't think I need to use him, but we'll, we'll remember him They're anyway. Close. So I have six yeah. uh, without Crow Anderson. So I had Okada was my last guy. Uh, Goto. Absolutely. All right. That's a seven. Ishi. Yes. That's an eight. Elgin. Yes. That's a nine. What about Kojima? No. Okay. And I'm an enormous
0: about, Kojima fan.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, he's been he's been low key, not great. I like, so that, I like
0: the well, you know what? Let me see. I, I can quickly do this. I love the Ishii match. I love Kojima Ishii, I thought was an excellent match. I, I think <laughs> I like that more than anybody did, actually. I've got that at four and a quarter. Uh, I'm trying to think Kojima. There's really nothing else with Kojima. He's he's been fun every night. I, I but I think I I think Nock has three great matches, and I think Kojima only has one. I gotta go no on Kojima.
1: Okay, so we have nine right now. Uh, I'll give you my official list here in a second. Then we have Hanma. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so, so right there, I mean, we have 10 with those so I've guys. I've got
0: 10 over him for sure. You've got 12 over him.
1: I have about 12. Yeah, I, the Kojima one might be sort of on the fence. I think Carl Anderson, far and away, has been better than Nakamura. So he he's – I'm definitely going to put 11 there. At
0: best, you have Nakamura 11th, but
1: – He's not in the top 10. Like, let's be honest. Like, that's the real – if we're doing that cutoff of half in the top half, of the G1, I don't know how you can make an argument that he's better than any of those 10 guys that we listed. Any of them? No,
0: there were 10 where I didn't even have to.
1: Styles, Tanahashi, Naito, Shibata, Abushi, Okada, Goto, Ishii, Elgin, and Hanma. No way. Who are you taking off that? Who, who, who's not, leaving I, that top 10? I, I cannot take. To add Shinsuke Nakamura. I can't
0: there? take any of them off of there.
1: You're going to remove Kota Abushi from the.
0: No, he had three of the best right. matches of the tournament.
1: And Naito? If you really wanted to, I get no, you can I make I like, an argument him him I but I've I enjoyed would. I've
0: enjoyed them more. Yeah, I can't take
1: them all. Elgin, better. are you gonna are you gonna take Big Mike off that no, list? You can. And he's been better than Malcolm. He's stealing our T-shirt idea, by the way, which is fine. He can do that, but he's 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 asking people on Twitter what he should put on the back of his Big Mike shirt.
0: I want residuals.
1: I know we should. You know, I don't want to like make a shirt and say, "Hey, Elgin, we're making a shirt with your likeness," but
0: we started Big Mike. We started hashtag Big Mike. I know. I want residuals. I can dig well, up. Make sure you I let him
1: know. He knows, he knows we exist. He knows we exist. I, you find I him. I can
0: dig up the tweet. I have to have a little chat with Big Mike.
1: You do. Um, Sliding his DMs. Yeah, unlimited characters now in DMs. Could, so you can do uh, that pretty easily.
0: Could you imagine? Now, we came on this show and told people we thought he'd have a good tournament. Right? Right. Could you imagine if we would have came on this show two weeks ago and said to people, Mike Elgin – is going to be better in this tournament than Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah. We would have been the laughing stock. at A in- man who
1: still might win this entire thing. Right.
0: Now, granted, he has the injury. But at the end of the day, your performance uh, is your performance, right?
1: I mean. Yeah, I don't. I really don't know if that injury would have been much.
0: I think it's affecting his performance. A guy's in pain. That's fine. But the bottom line is your performance is what it is. Yeah, and and we just went through it. I wouldn't have him in top ten. I think I'd probably have him eleven, because I wouldn't put Kojima ahead of him. And I, I, if you put a gun to my head, I've enjoyed Nakamura more than Anderson too. Okay. So I'd have him eleven. You'd have him like twelve or thirteen.
1: Yeah, well, and here's some other guys too. And I think these are no-brainers that we're going to say no that Nakamura's okay, been better than Bad the- Luck Fale. Bad Luck You know, I'll tell you, the problem. He's at an okay tournament. The
0: problem with Fale, okay is he's had some really good matches, but the problem is the good matches that he's had were carried by other people. Like the Tanahashi match is a great example. Tanahashi was spectacular in that Fale match, but he completely carried the match. And and, and the other thing about Fale is his lows have been so low that you, you can't reasonably... Nakamura's lows have been like three and a half stars. You know what I mean? Like Nakamura's going out there and give you three and a quarter, three and a half minimum. Valle is going out there and giving you one star. So his lows have been so low, you can't reasonably put him ahead of Nakamura. No. What about Makabe? No, I think Makabe has been very disappointing.
1: Mm-hmm. He hasn't done. He
0: hasn't impressed me at all in this tournament.
1: Uh, Toru Yano. I mean, From a pure entertainment standpoint, I like Yano, but yeah, it's hard to make that case. I'll tell you what. Yano's been Yano's been pretty fun though. I, I've, I I feel bad for for giving him so much shit for being in this tournament. Because he's been supremely entertaining throughout, so I'll give him that. Yeah,
0: and it's like he's not a star ratings guy. His matches aren't meant to be – they're not that way.
1: Actually, that's a good thing that you bring up, and this is going to be a horrible tangent. I'm sorry, Joe Gagne. Somebody mentioned that on Twitter. It was our our, our good friend Sammy uh, mentioned why we keep mentioning that, uh, of not a star rating guy or that's not how we rate a star rate. I don't know if you ever answered him because I I have a thought on that. I did. On the forum, I did. Yeah, and this might take like an hour to do, so I'm sorry for doing this. What do you what, – what maybe because I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but we have kind of – I think we're on a similar wavelength to this. When you say that this guy is not a star rating guy, w- what do you mean? Because I, I, I think I have uh, – w- what do you mean first? Because you can have a
0: really short, really fun, really interesting match, but it's not necessarily a great match. I mean I think that's the simplest way to put it. Um, you know, when Yano has a four-minute match where he scores a flash roll-up on Shibata, I enjoyed the fuck out of that, but I, you know, I can't, but that's, I, I, I can't rate that on equal footing as when Shibata and Tanahashi go out there and have a classic, uh, uh you know, a, 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 great pro wrestling, match. you know, it's, it's, it, it, I, I don't know if I can put this into words as well as I can when I typed it out on the forum. Um, and I don't know if I'm being as articulate as I want to be, but, um, you know, you could be, you there could be a fun match, an enjoyable match that that isn't a great match. I don't know if that makes any sense.
1: No, that, that's where I'm at, sort of as well. And and one way that I always did it, and, and I'm using kind of a sports analogy. And I know some some people get very bad when, when when I use you know my love of sports into wrestling and that sort of stuff. But the way I look at it is, there could be you know an entertaining team or an entertaining game of you know for me, basketball and baseball are the two sports that I like. I watch a lot. The difference between entertaining and good can be very different. I can be entertained by a bad baseball game. You know what I mean? Where it could be, you know, 15 to 14 and everybody sucks and everyone's booting the ball all over the place. But I love it. It's fun in the moment. But would I consider that an all-time great game because, you know, it was 15 to 16? No. And that's sort of where I look at it a little bit with wrestling. And I understand that the at, at its core – the goal of wrestling is to sort of entertain. But the way I look at it is I looked at it objectively as well. I look at it, you know, the the way these athletes in my mind, they're athletes perform and what they do and, and and how they work the crowd. And, and, and there is some, something to be said for, you know, the five minute fun Yano match, being entertaining and maybe possibly more entertaining than a match that i rate you know three stars or whatever three or three and a half stars or whatever but because i thought that that was a better performance at three and a half one that i thought that those guys did what i consider pro wrestling better you know i I don't know again i don't know if i can articulate it as well but i think there's a big difference between for me at least entertaining and good there's a lot of basketball teams that i've watched throughout the years that i think are super entertaining but are no good and then there's boring ass teams that are really good
0: yeah the spurs
1: the spurs went through the first the early part of the 2000s they're not really that anymore but the tim Duncan, david robinson era spurs were the most boring team on earth yeah. but they were really fucking good did i really go out of my way to watch them no but would i say that the you, you know the sacramento kings you know the uh, you know we'll bring up a the, the 2001 yeah, sacramento the Jason kings Chris williams or and, and chris they're right Weber. the j will chris webber ones before the uh, Bibby went there that was my favorite fucking team at the time i loved watching those guys it was kind of a mess though, because J-Will was just turning the ball over all the time, and you know they were running up 120 points a game or whatever, entertaining, but on a pure, there was one that was good, and then there was one that was entertaining.
0: It's like the, uh, I don't know if you've seen much of them, but the uh, the Lucha Turtles. I think. A- are- absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. I enjoy the fuck out of watching those those Lucha Turtle matches, but they're not great wrestling matches. They're just it's fucking Ninja Turtles do- diving off balconies. How can you not enjoy it? But you know, it, it it's not you know great wrestling, but it's highly enjoyable, and I'll watch those fucking turtles all day. It's dude, it's fucking Ninja Turtles diving off balconies. I mean, if if you can't enjoy that on some level, then you're just joyless. So you know, I, I think that's a good example too. But yeah, I mean, it's it's like, um, and and look, star ratings are just star ratings. They're just yeah, who cares? just don't care what enough. we say. Star don't ratings, give a shit about our a, star ratings. It's a <laughs> it's a guide. Okay, and you really need to be familiar with the reviewer for them to mean anything anyway. Exactly. And you know,
1: it's what I call three stars, you would probably call four. And that's just the way we are. I mean, I use the scale different than you do.
0: There's hard markers, there's easy markers, and I'll tell you when I rate a match, there's certain things I'm looking for. Look, work rate is very important to me. And when I say work rate, I mean how hard are there participants working? Okay. That matters to me. If if the participants work really, really hard, okay. um, that means just as much to me in a lot of cases as whether the match structure was sound and the psychology was good. Because I'll tell you, let, let's say you've got two aging veterans who, who have completely lost it athletically. OK, are you following me? Maybe two guys in their early 50s on some indie show somewhere mm-hmm. and they work a really smart match. Everything made sense. OK, and the psychology was sound, okay? And, 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 you know, it was just perfectly worked, and the, 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 the timing of the high spots popped the crowds at the right You know what I'm talking about. just a well-worked, perfectly executed match with great psychology. And then you have, um, you know, a, a lucha match. A, okay, a good example. Volador Jr. La Sombra, which uh, – did you watch that match?
1: I don't remember. Very
0: decisive. You didn't because it was like a week ago and you'd remember it.
1: And yeah, no, no, it's no. A, and Then if it was recent, yeah, no, I it's did It's a not.
0: very divisive match right now, okay? There is the Rob Viper camp of people who just love their crazy spots, who thought it was the greatest fucking thing ever. And then you have a whole nother camp of people who just thought that, you know, Volador Jr. was just it was just running through a bunch of stupid fucking spots in the third fall that made no sense. And, and the match was shit. Because there was just no structure to that third fall. And to me, okay, I actually agree with both sides. I think the, the action in that match was so spectacular. The things that Volador Jr. and La did in the third fall of that match were so over the top and spectacular that there's no way I can't respect it. But I do agree with the other side that there really was no story or structure to it. Now, I watched that whole match, and I threw four stars at it. Because I couldn't imagine going lower than four stars on a match where the two guys worked that hard and did things that were so innovative and had me popping off my couch when I was watching it. And it was so exciting. Look, isn't that why we watch this shit? To be entertained and to be excited about it. And that match entertained me. And it was exciting. And they were doing things that were making me gasp and go crazy and jump off my couch. I can't go lower than four on that. With that said, I can't call it a match of the year contender or go any higher than that, though, because that's really all it was was just a crazy collection of spots. So, does is that making more sense now?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the key things as well, and 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 you, I think you mentioned it earlier, is you got to know the reviewer. And w- when we throw these star ratings out, more times than not, we come at it with something, some sort of analysis with that star rating. And, and I, I think anybody who just gives you a, a list of results and a star rating that does absolutely nothing. Cause there's always these people that are saying, I hate star ratings. Because people just throw them out and they don't mean anything or whatever. I think if you don't read a review and there's not at least analysis, cause every time I put a star rating on most things, I'm going to, I'm going to, you come at it with, with analysis or whatever. And that's where, you know, a Yano match or whatever, I will say, Hey, this wasn't much of a match, but it entertained the hell out of me. I can't, you know, give it more than, you know, two stars because it wasn't, you know, it, it lasted five minutes and there there wasn't a bunch of action, but I loved it. And that's, you know, I give it two stars, but I qualify it with saying I loved it and you should go watch it or whatever. I, I think that's what's always important is that if you just look at the star and go, Oh my god, he gave a Yano match two stars, but you you know, or or but he said he was entertained by it. Well, why did it only really get you know what I mean? I think it's it's super, super, super important to always accompany if you're going to rate something and you're going to throw star ratings on something have some bit of analysis with it and then those ratings will make sense and the reasons why you rated something what will make sense because they're absolutely one without the other I think is is completely worthless I think well I shouldn't say analysis on its own is fine but I think a star rating without analysis is completely worthless
0: yeah and I think people who you know to use myself as an example if 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 people read my review who've read my reviews or listen to me on this show Every reviewer values different things. Um, I—it's—it's it's pretty clear what I value in a wrestling match: excitement, action, a hot finish, um, um, good execution. I don't like sloppy work, um, and I like guys who work hard. I say that all the time on the show. I have a ton of respect for wrestlers who work hard. If you work hard for me, and 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 I'm a paying customer, and you bust your ass, you're halfway home with me. Um, but I like action, I like excitement, I like good near falls, I like drama. Those are things I value in wrestling. Not everybody values those things. Some match reviewers value different things. Um, so you have to know your reviewer too. And that's not to say um, psychology isn't important to me because I'll tell you, if that Volador Jr. and match had better psychology, it'd be a match of the year contender because it ticked all of my other boxes. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, and, absolutely. And if the two fifty year old veterans on the indie show who had perfect psychology, uh, were, you know, were a little bit younger and had a little bit more in the tank and their match was a little more exciting instead of being so formulaic, uh, you know, I I, I would go higher on a match like that. I just can't think of one off the top of my head right now. But you know the type of match I'm talking about. Yeah. Or, you know, and, and that's the kind of match that it, it's like, uh, you know, it, it's 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 when a match has everything where I go super high on it. And it's a great example of a match we talked about a couple of minutes ago. Tanahashi and Okada from the Dome. The work was perfect. The excitement levels were off the charts. And the psychology was some of the best I've ever seen in my life, especially if you've been following all the singles matches they had going up to that point. And you wrote a whole article on the psychology that, that went into that match. So yeah. uh, that match, to me, everything was perfect in that match. So I went five stars. And I've only gone five stars maybe a half a dozen times in my entire life. And two of them were that night. So I'm not I'm not someone who throws around five star ratings. And, you know, there's a lot of people who get annoyed at Brian Rose on our site because he hands out five stars a couple of times a year. Well, you know what? What is what a stupid thing to get annoyed about? You know that this guy is going to do. So it's again, know your reviewer. Brian Rose is an easy marker, and that's okay. Because if you It's like
1: Alan reviewing Dragon Gate. We love Alan, but man, <laughs> Dragon. Well, not just is Dragon Gate.
0: Full? Alan's a happy guy who's an easy marker. Alan will tell you he's an easy marker. So you right. have to know your reviewer. You have to know when you see, like you just said, when you see Alan give a Dragon Gate match four and three quarters, you have to know, okay, it's probably good, but this is Alan and it is Dragon Gate. And I know that's what goes through my head, and I'm sure that's what goes through your head. When you see Alan do that, just like I'm sure there's people when I give Ishii Goto four and three quarters, people who are familiar with me look at that and they go, OK, that's probably a really good match. But that's Joe Lanza. And it's two guys who are right up Joe Lanza's alley. So, of course, it's probably not quite as good as he's saying. And again, that's OK. You have to know your reviewer. I think that's yeah. the most important. Dave Meltzer when when Randy Orton has a pay-per-view match.
1: <laughs> or Edge is in a ladder Look, match. We
0: make we joke about this, but it's fucking true,
1: okay? Yeah. And, Randy Orton pay-per-view matches, Edge, ladders, and a WWE main event are absolutely. pretty much the tropes. It's, that. It's, You're it's, guaranteed those four stars on all of those, no matter what happens in the match. Four stars. They could, they could walk into the match, and Edge can lay down, and Randy Orton can walk up a ladder, and it's going to get four stars, probably. Minimum. I, 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 <laughs> if it made offense, the, it, it's just going to happen. That's just what it is. Could
0: you have? Has have, there ever been a Randy Orton versus Edge main event with a ladder. Uh, with see. the ladder? I
1: mean, oh, I don't think That'd so. be like
0: the Dave Meltzer wedge <laughs> ring. Randy Orton you probably versus, would have retired versus after that, Edge yeah. in a ladder match in the main let's event of a pay-per-view.
1: There's no I, – I think we would have remembered it. Yeah, we it, would. There,
0: that, that hasn't happened.
1: I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look up every Randy Orton-Edge uh, match that we've ever had. Singles. But, yeah, I pay-per-view. mean, it, it's – you
0: know, you got to know your reviewer. I mean, that's
1: important. And that's why when we, we do for the, the year in review, we, we're doing the New Japan book. And a lot of stuff that we do, a lot of the data that we do and 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 stats that we come up with or whatever. one of the important parts about doing that is we input a lot of the guys' ratings. We put put my ratings. We do Brian Rose's ratings, Rob McCarran's ratings, your ratings, or whatever. But then we put them all in sort of a you know we, we have an equation that that spits out sort of a relative number, understanding that, hey, Brian Rose is going to give out 10 5 star, you know, not that's ridiculous, but you know he'll give out five, five star matches a year or whatever. I might give out one or whatever. So we combat that. There, there's we find you know the medians there's there's ways to do that where, and we're aware of that too, and I think that's super important to what you do, and, and that's what the equations and 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 you know the Ishi rating and all that stuff is meant to do is sort of put these guys understand that each reviewer has their taste and each reviewer likes this guy a little bit more than that guy or this reviewer likes everybody more than every you know these guys or whatever and puts it all into a relative form, and that's that's super important when you read people's reviews. So go in not knowing that this is a universal scale because my scale is different than your scale. What I consider a three-star match, like I was talking to, uh, you know, our very own Larry, you know, our, our PWG reviewer and longtime fan Larry today. And I was saying that, you know, man, Joe's giving a lot of matches, four stars or whatever. And we sort of were talking and I said, you know what? I, I see why he does that, but that's sort of his scale versus mine. For me, four is great. Like four is, is really, really great matches or whatever. And five is an all-time classic. For me, three is good. Whereas a lot of people see a three-star match that I put on and go, well, you didn't really like that match much. And I went, no, no, no. I really thought it was very good. But four for me is like great. Like four is a really, really, really spectacular match for me. And five is like an all time. Oh my God, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen match. And not everybody lives on that scale. For some people, four is good. And that's, it's just important to know who's doing it and, and, and be familiar with what they're doing. And of course, read the analysis that comes with it. If you just read a star rating and get angry about it, what are you doing?
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you got to read the paragraph too. I mean, and that's why I hate reviews that are move by move. I, I, I am, I have no interest in a replay in, in a rundown of moves, when I read a review, I just it just it does nothing for me. I mean, think about it. Most of the reviews you read are shows that you've seen anyway, so why do I need to know this? Look, key spots is one thing, but just a play-by-play of moves, like you see in the Observer, means nothing to me. And I'll defend Dave though. I know why Dave does that. The reason Dave does move-by-move reviews in the Observer is because think about it. When did Dave start writing the Observer? like the early, yeah,
1: what, 83 the early 83, 80s or whatever it was. or something like that yeah the
0: thing was when he watched these matches he was painting a picture of the match for the rear and that was very important in 1983 because there was a good chance you may never see the match okay if he's reviewing matches from you know a uh, a terror That was nowhere near where you're from, and you never get a hold of the tape. You know, he's writing a journal, a history in a journal of pro wrestling, and he's describing the match for his readers. The thing is, Dave never got out of that habit, and that's how he writes his reviews. And that, you know, in 2015, move by move reviews are 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 to me are largely irrelevant. But you know that you know I could see why he, he, he structured his reviews that way. Uh, you know when he did when he started writing his newsletter. I mean you know that was you know people needed that because they weren't you know when he was reviewing when he was getting a tape from Japan of a Tiger Mask Dynamite kit match. You know the readers of his newsletter you know hadn't seen the match, and it's, it's a good chance that, that they weren't going to see the match. But yeah, so you just you gotta yeah you know, it's very important to know your reviewer and, and know where they stand with things.
1: Tornado, <laughs> sorry, Joe. So you go. <laughs> There's our. I knew that was gonna take a while. It didn't take as long as I thought. Um, I'm looking at the two Randy Orton. Uh, can I confuse
0: people even further? I'll I,
1: can, oh, go ahead. I can yeah. give
0: two. I can give two matches. I can give two different matches, two stars each. Hate one match and love the other. I mean, and, and people might be saying, well, that's fucking bullshit. Okay, well then you review matches then. I don't really care. It's just <laughs> it's dumb star ratings. I, I Who cares. I've, don't I've, care. I've had two star matches that I've hated and I've given two stars to matches that I loved. Because maybe I respect you know, I don't know specific examples, but maybe in the two-star match that I hated, I hated everything about the story they told, or the or there were sloppy things about the execution, but I appreciated the fact that they worked hard. And maybe the two-star match that I loved. That the story was fun or it was a good comedy match or I thought that the psychology was clever and I just thought that you know maybe they didn't work as hard as I would have, whatever the reason but and then and then, to, and then to even confuse people even further you know there are matches that I rate lower than other matches but I like the lower rated match better and I know that that sounds crazy to some people but I'm not strictly when I rate a match I'm not rating it on how much I liked it necessarily I'm factoring other things in When I put stars on a match, so there you go. All
1: right, two Randy Orton Edge uh, singles pay-per-view matches of all time. That's shocking that they didn't do that more. But they had Money in the Bank ladder matches, but I don't don't like to count those because those. What did Dave
0: give these two matches? These.
1: All right, so we have Over the Limit 2010. Joe, what was your favorite? uh, memory oh, from over oh, the limit oh, 2010 oh, oh, only, pick uh, only pick one try to only pick one though but the
0: things i could tell you about over <laughs> the limit 2010 uh, how much longer is this show because i could talk about uh, we
1: have about another hour so yeah feel free uh, the eve torres maurice match i know you were a that's big that's what i was all. gonna and, bring up as a match. Yeah, yeah that's it's um anyway that match was a uh, a draw a count out in 1249 dave gave it one star
0: randy orton and edge
1: yeah that's the main event Uh, It was not the main event. The main event was uh, John Cena defeating uh, Batista by submission for three and a half stars from Dave. So we
0: did get two of the four checkpoints. We got Orton, we got Edge, but we did not get main event, and we did not get the ladder. Okay, what's the other match?
1: All right, the other match is Vengeance 2004. It was Edge versus Randy Orton for the Intercontinental Championship.
0: Main event? Uh,
1: It was not the main event.
0: Two out of four. What do you give that?
1: Four and a quarter. Four
0: and a quarter. How long did that go? Uh,
1: It went 26-36. All right,
0: what show is this?
1: This is Vengeance 2004. Right,
0: vengeance 2004. I'm going to write this down and say I'm going to watch it and then never watch it because that's what I yep. do. 2004, Edge and Randy Orton.
1: Oh, people were right about that Sheamus-Daniel Bryan match. It was really good. That's I watched it before we went on the That's the one here. from Extreme Rules? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really good. I told
0: you I vaguely remember it now, and it was – yeah.
1: and I, I. It was fantastic. Yeah, that, that's fantastic. without a doubt probably my favorite Sheamus match I've ever seen after watching I remember it at the time. I think I was so much in the Brock mode. During that pay per view. Yeah. That I think like everything else, I was just like, I just want to see Brock Lesnar go ring it. Did you
0: did you watch the ladder match with John Morrison?
1: Uh no, I did not watch that one. Unfortunately I I watched the build to uh Jericho and CM Punk and it was all about CM Punk being a drunk because God the storylines were really bad at it. Yeah, that time. I forgot. That was Loronida's GM era, which we don't have to talk about that.
0: So G1, it's gonna come down to, you know, like we said <laughs> last week.
1: We only we, we who are the other guys? We're we're still on the who's better than Nakamura thing. but oh, we're not
0: done with that. Oh oh yeah, nah, we, we I got, to, I and we got we sidetracked. Can, All right, so five. We in. can do this real quick. We, we can do this know, real rest. quick. Doc
1: Ellis. Oh, Doc absolutely. Gallows. He's God been the worst hell.
0: person in the tournament <laughs> by far.
1: Uh Tenzon. No. Good effort, but no. He really tries he hard. Just and
0: just there's and you know what? There's a good example. There's a guy who tries hard. Like Okay, picture the most Tenzon of Tenzon matches in your head. Okay, versus
1: there's a lot of chops. I, I'm hearing the chops in my How head. How can so. you go
0: lower than like two and a half? The guy goes out there and busts his ass. Right. So that's what I mean. It's like the effort means something to me.
1: Oh, and by the way, I'm I'm firmly now that now going back and watching all those G1 matches, I I see why. And and that's something I've seen a few of them, but never really kind of binge watch them. Tenzan's really fucking good. Prime Tenzan. There you go. That motherfucker I can go. See why so. people respect the guy. I do, now, I was never
0: a huge Tenzon fan, but I will admit that he had his moments in, in some big matches, absolutely.
1: Yeah, there's quite a few where he just really... I, there's one with him and Tanahashi, I think it was 04. Mm-hmm. That was fucking... Great. And and it's a completely different Tanahashi. Like you wouldn't think it's the same guy. Like Tanahashi's like bright and, and jumpy and real fast everything he does. And Tenzon's kind of trying to slow. It's it's a really interesting match. And they, they only got about 20 minutes, but what they were able to do in that twenty minutes was just insane. Tenzon so.
0: has a weird charisma about him. Even when he was younger, he had that weird charisma about him. Mm-hmm. and it's it's kind of developed into like a sympathetic charisma. You 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 want to see the guy do well. And I think that's why he's still uh, very popular.
1: Absolutely. Uh, okay. Uh, guys left. We did the issue. We did Elgin. Uh, Yujiro. I mean, come on. No,
0: no, 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 no,
1: Dear God. But, uh, but
0: can I say this about Yujiro real yeah. quick? He hasn't been nearly as bad as people pretend that he has been. Um, he had some dreadful performances in the first week that I, that I cannot defend in any way, shape or form. You know, the middle portion of this tournament, he had, he was okay. And Mike Elgin had a pretty good match with Yujiro.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. So Yujiro, I know people like to dump on him, and I'm not saying he's anything great, and I think he's regressed greatly. Because I think around 2012, 2013, he was all right. I didn't have
1: some legit great matches, yeah.
0: But it's like he's not nearly as bad as people make him out to be. Go
1: ahead. Uh, Nagata.
0: Um, no, he has not been as good as Nakamura.
1: Outside of the Okada match, Nagata hasn't done much. for And
0: me. I haven't seen what is reportedly his best match. so yeah. I, you know. And
1: then uh, we mentioned Hanma already. So th- there we go. I mean, there, there's not many guys that would really put a Nakata for it.
0: I think he's very clearly in the bottom half. But the thing is, he's close enough to the top half where if he has a big, you know, if he has a big couple of nights in Sumo Hall, do you think he can leap into the top half? Yes, I do. If he had a great match against Okada and then went to the final, and had a great match against either Tanahashi or Styles, I think a lot of people would forget about some of the matches that let people down.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, if he has two all-time great performances, or at least very, very good performances, you know, you know, real highlights of this G1, yeah, absolutely, he'll be right back in that conversation. Well, right now, he's not there, but he's going to have, you know, one more opportunity than most other people are going to have. If to, he has, really if he has one
0: great match and one match at a year contender, would that
1: play He's right in there, time? yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah,
0: absolutely. Because absolutely. then he would leapfrog your Andersons, your Kojimas, mm-hmm. um, you know your, your your bottom guys there, so I I agree with that.
1: Okay, yeah. As far as people that are still in, we wanted to kind of do an update too for people that 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 you know been following along of of scenarios, or whatever. We're in those last two nights, and, and and we'll break down these cards here a little bit. We have um, you know, starting they both at Sumo Hall, by the way, which is going to be really fun to see them at Sumo Hall, and of course a reportedly sold out Sumo Hall as well. Um, I don't know what's the newest controversy in terms of tickets and, well, and look, all that sort of stuff. It, yeah. Listen.
0: There is no controversy. Here's the – we talked about this last week. New Mm. Japan is reporting total number of tickets sold. OK? Can people please get that through their heads? And to prove this, we have a member of our staff in Tokyo attending the shows, and he takes the picture every night of the box office 10 minutes before he goes to sit – the seat and it says sold out and not only does curtain it say is drawn. sold out, the curtain is drawn and nobody is working there.
1: Yeah, go away. <laughs> We're not selling you any more tickets. These so.
0: are sellouts. There's there's no tickets available. Now, if you want to say why are there only 1,800 people there and why are they away 250 comps, that's a different argument. It's full capacity there, they're, they're, and these are sellouts. Now, Sumo Hall, the first night in Sumo Hall at last check had plenty of tickets available. The second night in Sumo Hall had the cheap seats available, and the third night in Sumo Hall has been sold out for some time. That show is sold out. You cannot get a ticket. You cannot purchase a ticket to the third night in Sumo Hall. It looks like the second night will sell out. The first night may not sell out, but we're going to find out. When is that show? We're,
1: uh, I mean, Friday, uh, August 14th, Wednesday. so that will be that'll be Friday. It will be Friday morning. We'll so.
0: find out Friday morning whether or not because Eamon uh, McDonald, uh, Michael McDonald, y'all will be there, okay? He is taking it to the streets and he's going to the box office and he is taking the pictures of the box office and he will do the same for the and we will find out. Um, yep. Japan has still not been caught lying. And I think that's important to note. That are ugly, they tell you how many people are in these buildings. So uh, you know, go listen to last week's show. We did a thorough breakdown. Yeah, exactly. From, we know, don't have to do it again. We're, we're do it again. <laughs> but the fact is, you know, we've got the picture. Look at his Twitter feed. All right, he, he he tweets it out every night.
1: So and we retweet it every time too. So you'll you'll see it every morning from us. We'll, we'll more than likely retweet it if it because he sends it directly to us. So yeah, don't worry. Over there. Okay, uh, these two matches. I, w- I want to break down these cards real quick, and then we'll talk about who's still in play, what you know, scenarios, all this other stuff going on. Uh, so Friday, August fourteenth is the first Sumo Hall show. Uh, this is uh, the A block uh, section. Of-, of course, these are not in order, but you can kind of make the order out, or at least to an extent, you know what the main event's going to be. Uh, yeah, Ono versus Bad Luck Folly, uh Shibata versus Doc Gallows, Tenzan versus Naito, Makabe versus Ibushi, and that would, of course, will be the main event. Tanahashi and AJ Styles. So let's talk about the A block first here. There's nothing to talk about. Um, There's
0: one match, that's all that matters. There you go. I mean, everyone else is eliminated. So
1: it's winner go home. Yeah. So and that's the thing. If you look at a few of the things and you might say, well, oh my bad luck, Folly, and Naito, they both have 10 or whatever. But either way, as long as AJ Styles and Tanahashi isn't like thrown out as a no contest or something like that, like even if they go to a draw or a time limit draw or anything like that, I mean, they're they're gonna get one point each right. for the G1. So those guys win. So and that's in an, an insane scenario that, that's you know, a draw would be just absolutely insane. That's not gonna happen. You know, one of those guys is going to win and go to the finals. So that that's – there's really no point in coming up with, like, odd scenarios that are going to happen. That That's not it. That's – those are your guys. So um, what do you think of that show, first off, before we move on to the B-Block stuff? I mean, you know – I see why it has less tickets sold. I'll, I'll give you well,
0: that. Well, Tanahashi Styles is going to be a great match.
1: That's fun. Now, what's – The rest of it's just kind of there. But, you know,
0: Ricochet and the Bucks and Red Dragon are on this show, correct?
1: Exactly. So there's other stuff, yeah. That that's the I, I don't have the exact card in front of me, but yeah, they are all booked on that on
0: area. all three Sumo Hall shows, or was it just the last two? I can't remember. But
1: I think it was all three. Yeah. But but I yeah, I don't have the card in front of me, unfortunately.
0: So uh, you know, it's I think that'll be a great match. I think uh, at least one or two of the other G matches will surprise you. I've been saying it all along, I think that they're all going to turn it up for Sumo Hall. Now this tour is getting dumped on unfairly. Um, I think um, I don't know if we did it on the air, but when I talked to Alan yesterday. Uh, oh, yeah, I think we did. I think it
1: was You guys a did. I almost knew it, yeah, about an hour ago when I was making dinner. I yeah, mean, you guys it's talked just, about it.
0: It's, it's that thing that we talk about all the time, too. It's just the bar has been raised so high in New Japan mm-hmm. that I do – I see, I think it's fair to call the tournament disappointing. But something can be disappointing and also be pretty great because exactly. if your expectations were through the roof, this tournament has not been through the roof. But if you look a little closer, I mean – there's been a lot of really great matches on this tour. I mean, you show me another tournament. Uh, everyone's saying, "Ah, oh, this is such a disappointing tournament. This has been a dud. What other tournament this year has like 24-star matches on it? I mean, show it to me. It doesn't exist. Do you remember the Global League and Noah earlier this year? Yeah. Did that have three four-star? Did that have any match? Yeah,
1: yeah not, I mean a, a few. Single
0: ma- and that was a decent tournament. They have a match of year contender on it? Right? How about best of Super Juniors? Okay, that had what maybe a half dozen really like very good matches and what uh, one match near contender right uh, mm-hmm. O'Reilly Kushida correct yeah right one that you would call and that was a pretty good tournament right
1: the, that was a really good tournament
0: the, yeah G One blows away it's not even close the quality of this tournament it just it's like it's not there's no other tournament worthy of even bringing up I mean so you know it's it's because the bar has been raised so high. Last year was the greatest tournament in history wrestling in the eyes of many experts. Many experts who've seen them all. Who've seen all the carnival tournaments. Who've seen all the G1s. They've seen all the tag leagues and all Japan